With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome into the show, the DMD's Fantasy Football Show on our YouTube channel. Thank you all for tuning in live. We got a great one in store for you here today. It's Operation Domination Time, the full preview for week seven. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here by my co-host, Chase Thornton and Adam LaRue. Maybe we'll have Chris, you know, momentarily. He's always a little latecomer. Uh, guys, you know, I, I wanted to come on the show today and say, hopefully, we can put the pitifulness that was week six and its low scoringness <laughs> behind us and all the injuries that came with it. But as I was just saying to Adam before we got on the show, I don't know that I can because not, not only do we have additional injuries to key players going into this week, but now we got six teams on by. <laughs> waiver wire by waiver wire rankings are like all right if you have a pulse you're inside my top 10 and uh, we have to take a look at you and it's just going to be it's going to be one ugly week of football if you are in a position to win it is a testament to the depth that you must have on your team and the luck of the fantasy football gods running upon you because you must not be suffering from injuries the way the rest of us most certainly are i mean what, what are your thoughts here chase and adam how you guys doing Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing well, but yeah, I, I, you know, I love football. It's why I do this. It's why we do this, obviously. And we're all here for it. But uh, yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, you know, I know that at some point this weekend, Packers are going to play and obviously I'm a Packer fan. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I look forward to it all week. And it's kind of, it's been the same way with fantasy football. Like look forward to Sunday all week and yeah, get it started. Let's go and let's do this. But I know that it's not going to be enjoyable in any way, shape or form. And I'm going to have to just, put up with it and survive until the end of the Monday night game and then gear up again and do it all over again, starting Thursday night. So yeah, I had a, I got, I got raked over the coals last weekend. Uh, it was not, it was not a good time for, for any of my teams dynasty or, uh, or redraft. And so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that I can make a little bit of a bounce back here. I, I was very, very active as active as you can be on the waiver wire with, like you said, six teams on a buy and, 876,542 guys on the injured reserve list. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been rough. But, hey, it's a new week. Let's it, get her going. It is a new week. It, it was a rough week, Chase, but you know the only thing that matters – is that I beat you on both <laughs> go downs and I have now taken the lead. That is the only thing that matters 
we had uh oh yeah we had we had baker mayfield he had to finish less than 24 for me to win that Which, happened by the way was close at was less close. Than eight points thank and, you <laughs> that was an insane week that he was close at like almost a qb2 with eight points yeah. Right, but still, I you won. won. He was less won. than 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost wanted to, to, to text Chase and be like, hey, look, I actually had to move Baker Mayfield up because all of a sudden P.J. Walker was playing. Yeah, right, like, yeah, all of a sudden. I had like, move yeah. him two spots up, but I still won. And then I won the Janu Smith thing too, right? We had a, a 12, 18. So. But oh. in my defense, he was not the last. He was not the overall last starting quarterback. No, he was not the overall last starting quarter, but that's yeah. not how the game works, Chase. That's, that's not, not how that's works. not how the game works. But. <laughs> Adam, how you doing, man? Good, good. Uh, yeah, suffering through the injuries uh, like everyone else, but I, I think there are some fun things to be excited for, and I think number one on my list is I think it's officially if you haven't been in it yet, it's time to watch out for Tyree Kill to be the first receiver to eclipse two thousand. Um, yeah, I, I think that conversations. I think we're ready to have that if we weren't already, uh, which I think is awesome. That's that's really cool to see in real time. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Like you're just look. I don't. I want to knock on all kinds of wood, whatever's <laughs> yeah. wood around me right now, because it's just, we've seen so many superstars <laughs> yeah. get injured that I'm almost afraid to say like, yes, we're definitely watching history in the making here. But he's on that pace. The potential's there. The potential he's, he's, is very he's there. on that pace, I, and it's it's really exciting to watch him. It's really exciting to watch this, this Dolphins offense. And uh, you know, right away we got a question coming up from uh, David Koo. Happy Hump Day, David. Yes, sir. He's four and two in his PPR league. He needs our thoughts. He gave up Ken. Walker and Garrett Wilson for Cooper Cup. Was that a good or a bad trade? He still has DeAndre Swift and Aaron Jones the rest of season. Adam, what do you think about this trade rest of season? I'm I'm fine with it. I think Cooper Cup already has hit his stride and been one of the top receivers, top assets you can have uh in a you know season-long setting. So yeah, I, I you got the best player involved. I think that's what matters. Garrett Wilson, there's still definitely question marks. It's been good as of late, but how confident are you in Zach Wilson the entire season getting him the ball? I'm cool with it. If this is the first two weeks after all the injuries that Cooper Cup has had uh, to come back and play like this in two weeks, I'm if, if it holds up to this, you know, he continues to get uh, more fresh, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it's, you're never on the wrong side when you get Cooper Cup. That that much is for sure. I just with running backs being such a premium, that trade's actually a lot closer than I think it would have been for me a few weeks ago because of how good Kenneth Walker has been and how the running backs are just dwindling uh, right now. Uh, Chase, here's a question for you, Eric three four three six. Should I trade Nico Collins for Puka Nakua? I have been getting different opinions. What do you think, Chase? Uh, I, I I think it's kind of unnecessary. Honestly, I think they're they're probably similar in range for the rest of the season. So I don't necessarily know that this I don't know that this improves you or or hurts you either way rest of season very much. I mean, we just talked about Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup came back and was phenomenal, but Puka's been special this year. He's been special this year and he, I I don't think he's going away just because Cup is all of a sudden in there. Now he won't be he probably won't be the top 8 asset that we all had had for the first six or five weeks of the season. But um, I, I still have him as a, as a high to mid wide receiver two at worst. And I think that's where Nico Collins is living right now as well as a high, high to mid wide receiver two. Um, so I, I one one for one at the same position, those kinds of trades, 
very rarely make a lot of sense unless you're going from real risk to real safety or vice versa, like taking a big swing. And I just, I just don't see it as being a trade you'd need to make. So that, I mean, I probably wouldn't pull the trigger on it or I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress over it either way. That's just my take on it. This probably won't help Eric because like he says, he's been getting different opinions, but I totally disagree with you, Chase. I would make this trade in a heartbeat. Nico Collins for Puka Nakua. First of all, the two weeks back with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua has been a wide receiver 23, but we've seen Nico Collins, even without Tank Dell, be a wide receiver 37. He hasn't been very good. And what we've seen now is that when he plays against perimeter corners, you're better off just go ahead and benching him. He's a bo- he's a borderline flex play, if that right now. I'm sorry. I just think ultimately Nico is a nice player, not a great player. I think Puka Nakua's role is going to be Robert Woods the rest of the way, which we've seen be a top 15 wide receiver. I don't put Nico Collins in that same tier as a high-end wide receiver too. I think he's a low-end wide receiver too at best, depending upon the matchup. More likely a boomer bust wide receiver three most of the weeks. I definitely think Puka is going to be way more consistent, especially with the way this offense is built. And now Kyron Williams out of the picture, the, the Rams might just throw all the time. Uh, so I, I am making this. They, yeah, they tomorrow. might have. Yeah, you're right there. They might have to. Tr- they might start throwing even more than they already have been with the injuries to their entire uh, running back core. And Hey, how ironic is that, that all of a sudden every running back that's ever played for the Los Angeles Rams, except Cam Akers is injured right after they trade Cam Akers away. Good work guys. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to be going on a rant about those Rams back. It has, it has nothing to do with them. Actually, it's got all. It's got to do with our partners in crime in the ECR and some of the things I've been hearing about around the industry when they come to the dissecting this Rams backfield. That's making me want to tear my head off. Um, I got a few rants today, so don't, don't you guys worry. Mostly because me and Chase had to miss our Sunday show because you know my dad was too drunk to drive and I didn't feel like making him sit in the basement with his thoughts alone while I did the show. So <laughs> I figured we would skip that part. Uh, but yes, yeah, so no further ado. Let's go ahead and. Jump Jump into our first matchup of the week. We got the Monday night game between the Jacksonville Jaguars, New Orleans Saints. Like many of the games this week, I don't know how exciting it's going to be. It's got a 39.5 over under heading into this one. The Saints, as of now, are favored minus one, mostly because it's home. And Trevor Lawrence, nobody really knows how healthy he is exactly on that knee injury at the moment. Uh, Right now, I don't have any value as far as picking a team, but... If you want to go over under Trevor Lawrence and Saints, and right now everyone's going on the under the past three weeks in a row. So I am going to go ahead and take the under and cash that going into this game. And you're going to see the under being a cashing theme throughout this weekend, unfortunately, for fantasy football purposes on the flip side. You still make money, uh, but for fantasy football purposes, we want to see more overs than not. The injury report, of course, we got Trevor Lawrence's knee issue. Zay Jones, if he hasn't been officially ruled out, I think he's going to be soon. Uh, we got the Saints here. Derek Carr was listed with his shoulder chest issue but judging by the way he threw the ball 53 times last week i think he's actually okay uh chris olavi dealing with a toe but hasn't missed any time he played fine juan johnson is out jamal williams we still don't have a uh a a determination one way or another he's questionable heading into this week he may come back and play he may not people are making too much a big a deal about the thursday thing of it all they're like oh it's a short week he's not gonna come back and play he's been off for four weeks if he's healthy he's healthy (laughs) it's been a short week for him it's been a long month yeah exactly like it doesn't really matter in, in his situation um, but I do want to talk a little bit about Trevor Lawrence here. I have him outside my top 12. Now I have him at 14, not too far off, but ECR doesn't have him at 12. They're telling him to play him as a QB one. 
I can't bring myself to do it. You have the Saints that give up the seventh least amount of points to the quarterback position. He's now dealing with this knee issue. I think I think he's finished maybe twice once this season inside the top 12 as it is. I think I, I don't have the note right in front of me, but it's, it's I only think one. that was quarterback eight. I think is his best finish of the yeah, season. And that was it. Um, so like, I mean, Adam, are, are you going to start Trevor Lawrence? You find any other option? I know 16 are on by, so it makes it a little more difficult, but what do you got? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a weak look. If you have the space or already have a guy on the roster to replace him with that do it uh, by all means, I think he's a fringe start guy, but with all the buys, you know, keeping people on rosters, needing to fill spots on rosters, filling that spot, I think in most cases is just going to end up being a luxury because I do think he's probably around the the 12 to 14 mark for me. I, I, again, fringe guy, but are you going to add a guy who's maybe a spot or two higher uh, instead of one of these running backs or, or someone who can get you points in other places that you have guys on buy or hurt or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I don't, Chase, let me ask you this question. Tre- are you buying low on Trevor Lawrence or are you just staying or you just don't think you're going to get any value for? You don't want to give him up or I don't, yeah, are you going to buy low on him? Let's just put it that way. Would you buy low on him? I don't know that I'm buying low because I I mean, I'm if I don't know. I don't I I'm not in position to have to buy quarterback right now and if you if you're in position that you feel like you have to go out and get quarterbacks right now with there might either be somebody on the way or what you could probably, you could probably stream and get the exact same value that you've been getting out of Trevor Lawrence. Now that's a pain in the ass, but so has starting Trevor Lawrence been, you haven't gotten you. I just told you that his highest finish on the season was quarterback eight, which is about right where he was drafted. So his absolute peak is what he was drafted at. Not his average is what he, and we were all expecting much more from Trevor Lawrence. And it hasn't been that the guys around him haven't been, you know, good. I mean, he's still got Christian Kirk is still playing well. Calvin Ridley's been a little mercurial, but I mean, he's still, Evan Ingram is still a top 10 tight end. It's just, we haven't seen what we were expecting out of him right now. I, I mean, if, if you're hurting that bad for a quarterback that you feel you got to go out and get one, I mean, yeah, you're not going to be hurting any worse for going out and getting him. I just, I wouldn't be giving up anything too substantial for him right now. And I, I have him. I, I was, I was big on Trevor Lawrence I, in terms of in terms of my my shares of him because I was waiting until that round that range in a lot of cases and that he was who I de- determined to be the best guy left available. Um, but yeah, I'm not excited about having him on any of my rosters right now. It's just kind of like okay, well, I'll run him out there. I'll run him out there unless the matchup dictates otherwise, and it's increasingly looking like the matchup is dictating otherwise in certain circumstances. Yeah, I mean, their schedule gets better as we get to, towards the end of the year. I think that's what you're asking yourself. Do you think he's going to pick himself back up and be a top 10 quarterback we thought he was going to be? That would be the idea. But right now, you're not wrong. It's not something you necessarily want to attack at the moment, especially with so many buys. Uh, we do have a question coming in from SJMP. Do I start Rasheed Rice or Curtis Samuel this week? Samuel, who has been on a hot streak as of late with the touchdowns. It's obvious with the commanders playing like trash with the Giants, but Rasheed Rice being the quote-unquote number one. Uh, I'll, I'll field this one, and I'll ask Adam to see what he thinks. 
I do have Curtis Samuel two spots, two spots ahead of Rasheed Rice. So I'm kind of on the fence of like, you go either way here. But what I will say, and what I was going to bring up about Rasheed Rice later on in the show, is that he's still not playing enough snaps where he is third, fourth on the team in the rotation still. Now, his route percentage has climbed up. And last week we saw it hit 50%, but he hit 51% three weeks ago. And then it went down the 47 and then went down the 25. So it wasn't necessarily an indication that he was definitively going to take over the role. I think he should. I think he has the talent. I think you're stashing Rasheed Rice rest of season. I like Rice more than Curtis Samuel and his upside. But for this week, I'm probably just going to ride the hot hand in Curtis Samuel until we get some more definitive action out of Rasheed Rice. Adam, how do you see this? I, I think it depends on the team build out a little bit uh, in the sense that you know Curtis Samuel might be a little bit safer. I think I lean... Rasheed Rice, though, uh, overall, I tend to like the more aggressive play. And from my point of view, over-under in that Washington game versus the Giants is pitiful. Uh, and the Chargers-Chiefs game could be one of the very few games that actually gets any significant points. Uh, and that's really about it. Is I, I think he's the best receiver on the Chiefs. He's not getting uh, the play that you would like, as you mentioned. But I do think he's the best wide receiver, I should mention, obviously, uh, Kelsey. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he's the best at his position on the team. And I think um, the game script's a lot better for him. Yeah. Um, Derek Carr, we're not playing him. Watching Derek Carr and the Saints offense play football right now is like being hung by your pinky toes while being slapped in the face repeatedly with a wet paper towel. Like it's just, it's that brutal watching Derek Carr and Norland Saints have to play offense at the moment. And yeah, so QB 18, we're not playing him. Uh, if you you know, I got no bets for him. His, 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 his passing yard prop, if you were curious, is 235 and a half yards. He's been over and under that three of six games, so 50 50. I just, I'm staying away from that altogether. Uh, Travis Etienne. He's been, he's, I'm a little bit lower on ECR than he is, but I still have him as an RB1 in my top 10. I got him an RB7. He's first got him an RB3. It's a tough match against the Saints. I mean, they've allowed the third fewest points to the running backs, the ninth fewest rushing yards. So I'm actually not really keen on his player prop at 16 and a half on top of it. And it's just a spot where maybe, maybe Travis Etienne doesn't fall into the end zone twice. Maybe prepare yourself for that. Uh, that's, you know, that's all I'm saying. But he's, he's still, he's still obviously an RB1. If Jamal Williams does return, Chase, how much volume do you think that takes away from Alvin Kamara? I don't know that it takes away a ton of the scoring volume from him. Um, you know, I think that Jamal Williams might take some early down work from him. Might. I think he probably takes the, you know, the third and shorts, the fourth and shorts kind of thing from him. And he might, and that's a might, take some of the, the goal line carries away. But Alvin Kamara's actually been getting, you know, like, fun, nice usage to see, uh, since he came back from his, from his debacle. Um, so I, I just, I don't necessarily know that he takes enough volume away, enough of the volume away that, that Kamara scores on typically. I mean, he might take a few carries away that are short yardage type carries. Uh, and obviously Kamara's explosive enough to always bust those. But, uh, I think that, I think that Williams walks in as a, as a short yardage back, kind of what we saw, what we thought we would see this year, except, not as much volume for Williams, especially right now coming off of the injury. Um, I'm not worried about it, especially this week. I'm not worried, even if Williams does play, not worried about the volume he's taking away from Alvin Kamara, and it's definitely not downgrading Kamara in any way, shape, or form for me, even when Williams does show his face again. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried in the sense of like Alvin Kamara is not a player. You have to like carry oh, yeah, him in a lineup or anything like that. But do I think this could knock him from an RB1 to a high-end RB2, depending upon what his role, Jamal Williams, that is, winds up being? I think it could because Kamara's just living on volume right now. He's not it, really it, scoring. It's the, re- it's the red zone job. usage that you got, yeah. that, you're, that you're worrying or not worrying about what wondering about. Yeah, 100%. So I think it's enough to be like, all right, maybe the ceiling on Kamara gets limited a little bit, but ultimately you know he's getting all the passing work. He'll still be a fine fantasy asset and one you have to hold on to right now. Uh, SJMP coming in with a bunch of questions here. So let's help him out. He wants to know, should he trade Adam Thielen for Puka Nakua and Alvin Kamara? I mean, my immediate thought is absolutely 100% yes. Now, he brings up a point, and this is a good point to bring up. You know, people are super psyched because Adam Thielen is lighting it up over the past few weeks, and it looks absolutely fantastic. Here's the deal. They just changed play callers in Carolina. We're going Mm -hmm. to see some changes happen and feeding Adam Thielen the ball hasn't helped Bryce Young. It hasn't helped this team win games. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a definitive that they'll continue to feed Adam Thielen the way that they have. And I do think it's more likely than not that the Carolina Panthers will look to bring somebody in during the trade deadline at the wide receiver position. Now, whether that's a Jerry Judy type or somebody else, I don't know, but I do think it's a good chance they're going to be adding to this. Uh, he, Adam helped him out with this one. He also was trying to figure out his Kyron situations, and I've been in the same boat with this because I had Kyron in quite a few leagues. Uh, Zach Evans on the waiver wire. Do I need another back? Because he was starting Kyron and Algier. Oof, brutal. Uh, his receiving core, just so we know, is Devonta Smith, Rasheed Rice, Curtis Samuel, Adam Thielen, George Pickens. I also have Jerry Judy, but I'm looking to trade Judy. Uh, well, I'll just go back to his first one real quick. SMGMP, uh, SJMP, uh, based on this team you're sending us, definitely trade Adam yes. Thielen, Puka Nakua, and Alvin Kamara like right immediately if that trade is on the block. Uh, but Adam, would you pick up Zach Evans to replace his Kyron Williams? I'm probably not. Uh, I mean, if you have a spot and he's just like an ad, right, since we're past waiver night, then go for it. There's worse things to be using that spot on. But I'm not particularly sold on this being anything incredible. I think if anyone's trying to confidently sell you one of these backs, they're out of their minds. But I don't feel like it's Zach Evans. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not there. We might we might have a showdown later, maybe. Maybe we'll finally get Adam on the showdown <laughs> later. Just a little a little teaser for later on in the show. All right, so uh, keep wrapping this thing up. Calvin Ridley, man, uh, ECR still projecting at wide receiver fifteen outside of week one. He he hasn't been a wide receiver two. He hasn't been a wide receiver one. He's been a wide receiver three every single week since that week one matchup against the Colts. I got him at wide receiver twenty three, and that's only because six teams are on by. And I wish Chris was here. We we let him take a victory lap way too soon after week one. <laughs> way, way too soon after week one. I had him ranked at wide receiver 27. That's what he's on his way to being, a wide receiver three. He is wide receiver 25 and half point PPR leagues with the week one production built in. He gets the tough match because Marshawn Lattimore, his player prop is 53 and a half. Guess what? I'm taking the under on that. He's been under that four of the last six. He's been out-targeted by Christian Kirk, who he has been the wide receiver too. He has been the wide receiver 19, including his dud performance since week one. And since week two, if you want to take away that week one where it was all Ridley and none of Kirk, Kirk's actually been the wide receiver 12, while Ridley's been the wide receiver 40. 
He's not getting open. He looks exactly how he did the last year he was in Atlanta without Julio Jones, getting all the volume and producing absolutely none of the work that you're looking for. I don't know, Chase. I'm not seeing a wide receiver, too, in Calvin Ridley. And if you could sell him high, oh, boy, am I trying to sell him high based on his name and his previous production. Oh, definitely. I, I think that, you know, you might get somebody to bite on the name recognition and the excitement that we all had coming into the season for him. Uh, you might find somebody who's still clinging on to that. And yeah, if you can find somebody to take him off your hands, uh, you can find more. Uh, I think you, you know, I think you said it. He's just, he's, he's been a wide receiver three, but he hasn't even necessarily been a fun to watch consistent wide receiver three. You could find somebody who's going to give you consistently better production somewhere down the line. Um, yeah. Christian Kirk has definitely not, not fallen off from last year the way that I think a lot of people predicted when Ridley was supposed to be coming and be the be all end all there in Jacksonville. So yeah, if you can get, if you can move Calvin Ridley for something more consistent, uh, regardless of whether it's at wide receiver or running back, uh, I would do that. I would make that move. I have, I have him and I have actually, uh, in fact, last night I had some, uh, some trade talks with somebody over him trying to, trying to, trying to get me to move him off of him so that I could, uh, you know, get some assets for him for the future. There you go, Chase. Do that and pull the trigger. I don't even know what the assets are. Just do it. Uh, Chris Olave, I got him at wide receiver 10. His player prop is 61 and a half receiving yards. I have him on the over. He's been over that four of the last six games. And the Jaguars are allowing the six most, most receiving yards to the wide receivers. Speaking of Christian Kirk, I got him at wide receiver 17 this week. I do like him. He gets the better inside match against the Saints secondary. That's what you want. And he's been over his 51 and a half receiving yard mark four of the last six so i'm taking the over on him uh michael thomas continues to be a low level ho-hum flex play high-end wide receiver four type um it's, it's funny enough his player prop of 52 and a half yards he's technically been over that four of the last six but he's been like right there it's like it's like 53 <laughs> 55 like yeah. you're literally coming within like a couple of yards so i'm i'm staying away from it it's been a little too close uh there for my blood I probably should give him a little more credence. I didn't, but I know Rashid Shahid scored. He's had two games where he's been relevant. I mean, are you guys going to plug and play him anywhere in your flex, Adam? Not until this offense becomes a little more consistent, which what I'll admit is I think that there's a, a pathway uh, to the offense getting a little bit better down the stretch. Um, you know, at, the further we've gotten from Carr's shoulder injury, it is, does seem to be trending up. It's not anything incredible, obviously. Uh, but I do think these weapons are decent. I think he's a pretty good young player. Um, so he's someone that I don't even know if I'm adding him, but I think he's he's someone that's in the back of my mind as, as you know, if the offense gets a little more consistent, if things start going his way more, I'm interested. But, yeah, I'm not playing him now. He's a much yeah. better best ball type than he is. You're, you're never going to guess right with Rashid Shahid. You're never going to guess when the right time to put him in the lineup is. Totally agree with that 100%. Uh, Evan Ingram, he continues to get enough volume that I keep placing him in top 10. He's my my tight end eight this week. He's got a prop of 41 and a half receiving yards. Yes, he's been over that four of the last six games. The problem is the Saints allowed the third fewest receiving yards to the tight end. So I'm not getting overly excited with that one, but you still play Evan Ingram this week. Let's get to our next matchup, and maybe we'll even be able to get Chris in on the other side. <laughs> Is Chris alive? Chris Dowhower joined the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I wish I had a beer right now, Chase. I <laughs> did open. Um, if you guys know what an API roller is, 
please enlighten me because that's what it took me forever to be able to use my microphone and <laughs> video chat to be able to talk to everybody today. Somebody message in, tell us what the hell an API ruler is. And he how just we can knew fix I was going to bring up Calvin Ridley, so he just stayed out <laughs> for that part of the show. That's perfect timing. Perfect that's timing. All it was. All right. So we got the Raiders and the Chicago Bears here. We got the <laughs> another fun game. 37 and a half over under Raiders favored by minus three. And we don't even know if Jimmy G is going to play and they're still favored by minus three because we know Tyson Badgett for the Chicago Bears is going to play. So I don't care if it's Aiden O'Connell. I don't care if it's Brian Hoyer. I am actually going to take the Raiders to cover in uh, this game coming up here. Oh, and the Raiders are also one for five when it comes to the over for the season. So, yeah, I'm going to take the under 37 and a half on that and just expect like a nine to six type of ball game. Fun stuff. Uh, our injury report right now, Jimmy Garoppolo back injury. We'll have to see he didn't practice today. I'll talk to Brian Scott about that tomorrow at 930 here on our YouTube channel. The man, the myth, the legend from Injured List Podcast will give us all the breakdown of all the injuries. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Justin Fields, we're not expecting to practice with a dislocated thumb. Still trying to find out. If he's going to have surgery, actually, as well. Roshan Johnson, this is big because we thought he'd be back after missing a week with the concussion issue. He did not practice today. So I'm leaning towards the idea that Roshan will not be able to go this Sunday. Again, another one that I'll be talking to Brian about tomorrow. Good old Tyson Badgett. Well, Chris, you're here. Let's kick this to you, buddy. What the hell do you expect Tyson Badgett to be able to do within this offense? The only good news I can give you is that he gave DJ Moore five of his eight targets in the game last week. So I, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, if, I, if I'm correct, he almost matched, if he did not surpass Justin Fields' passing yards as well when he came into the game. So, uh, I mean, Dan, I don't know if it can get much uglier than some of the things we've seen in Chicago. <laughs> I'm not excited about Tyson Badgett. Um, of course, I do think Max Crosby, as the quote, you know, my colleague who rejoins us this week is he might die because Max Crosby might kill him. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen to Tyson Badgett this week. Um, I do think Elijah Moore is still a guy that you're still going to line up regardless because, you know, he's a guy that's this offense obviously going to prioritize whether they're down by 40, they're, you know, up, they're going to look for DJ Moore. It's about all they really got going for them. So, Rest weapons, I'm not touching. Uh, we got a question coming in again from SJMP. Do I try to trade Devonta Smith, who has been uh, not doing much as of late and has a hamstring issue lingering right now? We're going to get to that game a little bit later on. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I guess I'll have you help me out with this one, but I don't. I don't know where you're going to sell him high for because he's just not playing right now. You know, I don't think you're going to get the same value back for him. Do you think there's a market right now for Devonta Smith that you go after? Yeah, no, I I think he's he's more of a buy candidate than he is uh, a sell. I think he'd be selling low at this point. Um, I'm, he's still an elite talent. This offense will get it figured out. It's a great offensive line. Um, yeah, I'm not still seeing a twenty three percent target share. Yeah. yeah, he's still involved. Like it's gonna be a great offense. It's yeah. gonna pop for Devonta yeah. Smith eventually. I think I would just stay put because you're not gonna get the value you want back for him uh, right, right now, anyway. Especially in a week where people are just scrounging for people with a pulse to put them in their lineup on top of it, uh, unless you're just willing to take a loss. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo again. We don't know if he's gonna play or not. So Chase, Aiden O'Connell, or Brian Hoyer. Who do you think will start? Who do you want to see start? Uh, I don't necessarily want to see either of them start, but I've got Hoyer over, over Aiden O'Connell. I think Hoyer just gives them the better, the better chance to win. Um, yeah. I, I mean, right now I have Garoppolo and Hoyer ranked back to back at 27 and 28 at quarterback right now, but that's more a reflection of at this point in the week, 
my rankings are more a confidence rating than anything else. And right now I'm not confident in who is going to start for them. Whenever we do get an answer on who's going to start, that guy will definitely probably jump up and leapfrog secret Bajant man, because I'm not confident in Tyson Bajant in any way, shape or form either. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I would guess they would go with Hoyer to start. I mean, O'Connell wasn't even active last week after there was some talk about, you know, but wondering about him as well. So, I mean, my money would be on Hoyer if it's not Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, I, ho- I hope it's – look, I'm going to take this from the side point of the wide receivers. If you have Devontae Adams, you're praying to God it's Aiden O'Connell because when he came into the game, you got Adams got 13 targets and Myers got like four. Hoyer was split between them, both two and two. Hoyer reminds me more going to run this offense kind of more like a Jimmy Garoppolo. I didn't think Aiden O'Connell played bad, so I hope we see Aiden O'Connell. Unfortunately, I think you're right. I think it might wind up being uh, Brian Hoyer. Uh, Chris, help us out with this one. Parker Bledsoe, what's someone you would trade James Cook for? I mean, I'm not looking for the move James Cook number one with all the running back situations kind of you know going on around the league right now. But if I'm looking to move him, I'm looking to move him for somebody who's going to be more of a touchdown production guy. Um, the, the big concern you're going to have with James Cook is he's pretty much in the 20s. He's been consistent, but you're not getting the big games. So I'd look for a guy that maybe is underproducing, like a Jalen Waddle or something like that. Look for an upgrade at receiver or maybe look at some of the running backs and try to split him into, you know, look for some guy that you think has some upside. But I'm not looking to move James Cook unless I'm getting a guy who I think has, you know, a, a big up ceiling opportunity for myself. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. I think if you're moving him, you have to be moving him for a wide receiver, which therefore you have to have the depth that running back that so little people have. Maybe you do. Because um, I'm just looking at the running back situation. The only buy low candidates that stick out to me that are kind of in the area of a James Cook would be a Brian Robinson, maybe a Ramondre Stevenson, if you think they're going to they're gonna start turning things around here with their schedule getting better. But you don't feel great about that. So I do think it, it has to be a wide receiver or you just stay put with James Cook. I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, Alex asking, any good advice for a guy who's one in five? He's got a 10 team PPR. Seems like all the studs aren't performing, and his losers have had one random guy like going crazy. Boom. I understand that. I understand that, Alex. Um, my advice to you stay vigilant, keep playing the waiver wire, see if there's moves that can be had from other teams that are desperate. Maybe you can shake it up a two for two or two for one, whatever the case may be. But just stay vigilant as you go through this. One in five, you're not out of it. You can definitely still make the playoffs at one and five, especially in a 14 game regular season. So just stay vigilant, look for opportunities, see what you can get out there. Maybe shop some guys, talk to some of your league make league mates, see what they'd be willing to trade for some of the players. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't go crazy. Just keep the process. It'll come to you. Not everybody can keep going off of you. Like the guys you just mentioned, that's not sustainable throughout the entire season. All right, let's get back yeah. to the game. Good. Yeah, real quick. I just want to jump in. I know we're not going to play Tyson Badgett and I wasn't excited about the prospects of playing with Elijah Moore, but I just want to say, I don't think this is going to be a shit show. I do think Tyson Badgett is a decent quarterback and I think he might surprise people. He's a little bit athletic. He will look, take some shots down the field. I don't think it's going to be as ugly as people might expect it to be. Yeah, I mean, he still looked at DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, DJ yeah. Moore still guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think this. I don't think it affects DJ Moore. In fact, I wasn't going to bring up DJ Moore. I still have him ranked at wide receiver fourteen this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't. I, I didn't lose any confidence on him whatsoever. I know the ball is going to go to DJ Moore. Now, I don't think. I don't. Maybe Cole Komet, who I have at tight end twelve, uh, is somebody who you're not sure about, but he's still a back end tight end one this week. I don't think that changes either. You weren't going to play Darnell Mooney, so I don't really don't think it changes too too much. Just maybe like a ceiling for a DJ Moore is not quite as high as it would have been with a Justin Fields with the way he'd been. 
been getting fed the ball, especially down the field. That would be the only change for me. Um, I was going to go on a whole tirade about Roshan Johnson, how his pump he's falling at his opportunity. And now I, like I said, I don't, I don't think he's going to play because he once again didn't practice today and it's, it's been two weeks and I, I, I don't think you're going to play after not practicing on a Wednesday after being out for two weeks with a concussion. And so unless he shocks us and practices in full on Thursday and Friday, I do think it's going to be Dante Foreman again, who um, right now I have an RB31. Obviously, if Roshan's out, I probably will sneak Dante Foreman right about that 24, so low in RB2 range. It's a good match against the Raiders. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Would you, you guys stick with that? Would you play Dante Foreman, especially in a heavy bye week, or are you staying away after what you saw last week? Adam? I would play him, yeah. I I, I think he's a decent back. That was a weird game. Um, and he did better this when game script, I feel like he get away from there. the past game and just be rugby pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, Tyson Badgett will, will run less, so it'll be more carries for the running back. Yeah. I guess you can put it that way. Um, I don't have too many notes for the Raiders guys because other, other than talking about who's going to be the starting quarterback, you're playing Jacobs. He's getting a crazy amount of volume, even though the production's not what you want it to be. Uh, the same thing goes for Devontae Adams. The production's not what you want it to be, but obviously you're playing Devontae Adams, playing DJ Moore, Jacoby Myers, a wide receiver three, no matter who the quarterback is. The only other note I have to talk about here is to have Michael Mayer on your radar, on your waiver wire when it comes to the tight end position. I'm ahead of ECR this week. I got him a tight end 16. I got him a tight end 20, but his routes have spiked. He went from 44% to week five to 67% last week. He had 21% target share, which, I mean, I don't know that's sustainable for him, but if it is, you're talking about a top 10 tight end right there with that kind of, with that kind of share with that kind of numbers. Chase, do you think Michael Mayer is somebody we're going to have in our top 12 tight end sooner rather than later or not? I think he's approaching and I think he's got, we all knew he had the ability to when he and to approach that. I mean, he when he came out, we all thought that he was maybe the most complete tight end in the in the you know draft. He's not necessarily the most explosive or athletic, but it doesn't take a lot more. To, it doesn't take a lot to be more explosive or more athletic than Austin Hooper. I'm just not a big Austin Hooper fan. It was only a matter of time, I think, before he supplanted Hooper in the pass game for them. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, with the you know. Sh- there you go. <laughs> and with the with the show that the tight end position has been all season and, and the lack of consistency that anybody outside the top four or five has had, um, you know, there's definitely room for somebody like him. And if yeah, if he's going to maintain that kind of look and that kind of usage, there's no reason he can't turn that into. So we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo like the tight end position before. So, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for that. Plus, he's playing for a coach that in the past has supported not just fantasy relevant, but fantasy star tight ends in the past. So I I'm, I'm in on Michael Mayer as much as I can be in on anybody outside the top five tight ends or so. Yeah. Uh, 100%. It's not, I'm up at, yes, you can ask a question fire away guys. Let's go into our next matchup. Casey forgot he wasn't Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs or the guys that they should be getting the ball. Josh McDaniels is figuring out more and more ways to not get guys talented the ball. (laughs) Yeah, hey. That's what Josh McDaniels is all about. The least talented guys who are my guys, you get the ball, you guys. I don't like guys that we pay. Look at Trey Tucker's usage. I'm just saying. Love it. Love it. 
that's a bitter Devontae Adams owner right there. All right, so <laughs> our, our next match that we're talking about here uh, is uh, we got the Cleveland Browns taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Browns are favored at minus two, the over-under at 39, and things aren't looking too good for the Colts. And this is besides the Anthony Richardson out for the rest of the year news, which would have no bearing on this game anyway. Grover Stewart is going to be now suspended. Sorry, Adam, but um, this does make it easier for me to say take the Browns minus two. I don't care who the quarterback is. We'll get into that in, in just a second. But the things are not looking great. And if the Colts can't stop the run, they can't do anything defensively. So, yeah, I'm taking the Browns to cover this one minus two. Um, I will take, you know what? I'll take the under at the 39 while we're running. I was going to say, I, I have the Browns at minus two as well, but this is a slam dunk of an under. Like, I, I have both, but like the unders. Very six much. nothing wins that bet. Yeah, I, I might alt spread it to like 25. <laughs> you you know what? Dude, go for it. Do it, throw a few shackles on the line, throw a few shackles on the big one. I'm minus 25 because you might not be wrong. Uh, side eye Muppet traded Olave and Laporta for Cup and Logan Thomas today. It'll be processed for next week, win or loss. Chris, you're nodding your head. You got Cup, win, period. Yeah. I, I totally agree. The, the Laporta to Logan Thomas is, is, is you're you're fine. You got Cooper Cup. You're you'll be just fine. And then he goes through a list of what his team is. Uh, your team is so his team is one of five. I know it gets rough, but I like the Lamar, the Saquon. The he's he's got guys to turn this thing around. Now you add in Cooper Cup heading into next week. I think your team is one that'll make the playoffs. Uh, as we go in here, <laughs> drafted Saquon, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Jefferson. I'm still in here. I'm barely alive. Sign him up. And better things are for you for ahead. And you're right there with everybody else, man. You are not alone when it comes to that pain. All right. So let's get back into this game. Let's talk about Cleveland and the quarterback situation. So, yeah, um, my ranking of Deshaun Watson matters not at all because we don't. I, now it's sounding like he's not going to play anyway. So he's saying, and I'm going to have to get the expert Brian Scott in tomorrow again at 9:30. Make sure you tune back into the YouTube channel. He's saying that it's a strained micro tear, torn rotator cup. I know it. I can hear Brian's voice in my head. He's going to say, "Yeah, this is why players should shut up and let the medical doctors speak because they know not what they speak." But ultimately, it sounds like. I don't Cam think Watson's going to play. That, that's ultimately what this <laughs> – Chris, would you stand in your breath? I said Cam Newton. I mean, <laughs> dude, let's just yeah. be real. I have no arm, and I want to find out why I have no arm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. So, anyway, uh, without him, we will probably see P.J. Walker. And, Ooh. you know, not to get too far ahead of myself, because I was going to bring this up with Cooper Cup. I'm sorry, Cooper Cup. Amari Cooper. At least we saw Amari Cooper against San Francisco with PJ Walker go for 100 yards, get eight targets. So you feel like you can play him again. It's actually probably one of the reasons I'm bigger on him than ECR is. They got my wide receiver 16. They got my wide receiver 23. I mean, it was just clearly it was just a DTR problem. And this is a middle of the pack, you know, matchup. You're not scared of the Colts secondary. He's going to get one guy the ball. That ball is going to go to Amari Cooper. It's not going to be Elijah Moore. Uh, so does anybody disagree with having Amari Cooper? I don't know, seven spots ahead of ECR, Adam. What, what's ECR? <laughs> uh, Twenty-three, and I got him at sixteen. With all the buys, I think it's probably fine. I don't think it's again. I think this game is going to be crazy low scoring. I, I don't know. I, I think the they're the Browns kind of are reliant on the run game, and I think that yes, Grover is a big difference, but also the linebackers are still very good. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to be enough in most instances, but against this Browns team where 
Ford is a guy slightly above maybe and Kamar or and uh Kareem Hunt is washed. I don't think this is a high scoring game in, in at all. Uh Amari's gonna get his targets. The value of said targets is kind of I guess where my question is. I he'd you'd play him regardless. Uh but hot mid tier two might be rich for me. I'm probably closer to ECR. Chase, where you got him at? Uh I have I have him at 21. Um, you know, so a little bit better than ECR. I just, yeah, not I mean, I, I, yeah, I, and but yeah, I'm, I'm not as bullish on the idea of PJ Walker for a second week in a row throwing to him. But I mean, it is a decent matchup against the Colts. They're they're kind of a get right defense for everybody in fantasy. So it's not like they're going to have a, a, you know, sorry Adam, but they are. Um, so I, I mean. Cooper Cooper has shown he's he's a playable he's a startable wide receiver yeah he's still a wide receiver too even if it's PJ Walker if it's a DTR if it becomes DTR season then we might have to have a different talk but I don't think it's going to because PJ Walker is just now coming off of beating the best team in the league so I think PJ Walker could in some way and I don't want to get ahead of myself but could some way be like Stefanski's little Brissett reclamation project right. I feel like he knows how to coach that guy Go ahead, Chris. I know you're biting your tongue over there. He wants to talk 49er game. I'm just, look, <laughs> I know that he beat the 49ers, and I know I talked a lot of shit last week about the 49ers on our Thursday night show, but there's no way I'm buying on P.J. Walker yet. We saw this in Carolina. Buying on P.J. Walker, just getting him the ball to Cooper. Well, look, look, my comparison is, is we saw this in Carolina. There was a connection early on with D.J. Moore. We're like, oh, we can still play D.J. Moore. And then the more P.J. Walker played, the more we realized this is P.J. Walker. And I know that Mari Cooper had, like, some great plays last week. There was some – the guy slipped on the one play. Most of the yards he got, and that was one of the big one big play yards. I'm not going to not say, no, you shouldn't play Mari Cooper per se because I agree with Chase, you know, a borderline two, probably receiver three, in my opinion, flex option. You have a great matchup versus the Colts. They have to throw the ball. It is still football. There's has to be forward passes at some point in this game. <laughs> But I just really have concern that P.J. Walker, I would not drink in too much Kool-Aid real quick because, I, like I said, I feel like we've seen this. We got all excited about D.J. Moore's connection with him, and then it was like, what about D.J. Moore? And then P.J. Walker was, like, throwing 79 yards a game. So I don't know Stefanski's, you know, Case Keenum version. I can hear you. But don't forget, this guy got cut for Nate Peterman. So, I mean, it's it's real hard, man. I'm not drinking Kool-Aid on him. I'm, I'm taking shots trying to – just no, deal with it as a Cleveland fan and, and get through it. But yeah, I, I mean, it is a, it is a revenge game just to throw that out there. around the Colts practice squad. That is absolutely right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Pittman, you're still playing him. I'm not super excited about it. It's a tough matchup. I do still have him as a low end wide receiver too, though, with the volume and Josh Downs, a little ahead of him on the UCR. I still have him just inside my top 36, have him as a wide receiver three play, like him a little bit more in full PPR than I do in half point PPR and standard leagues. Uh, but I would play him as a flex play. Nonetheless, the volume he's seeing with Gardner Minshew, especially with, a, just a detrimental week, pretty much what it boils down to. I'm not playing Dave Njoku. Um, so with that, I'm pretty much ready to move on to the next matchup. We got the Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots in this game. The Bills favored at minus nine with a, a whopping over under of 41 and a half, even with the big Bills blowout line. Um, 
considering the Bills have only seen two over games and the Patriots only one over a game, guess what I'm going to cash, fellas, in case you haven't figured out the trend. It's the under, baby, 41 and a half. Uh, not expecting a ton of points. Bills, I thought if their offense was going to get back on track, it would have been last week. Now they're playing against a team that, while I don't think the Patriots are uber talented right now with all the injuries they've had on defense, knows them pretty well, tends to play them pretty tough. I'm not going to bet the over. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm expecting the under in this one. I'm probably staying away from the line, too, while we're at it. Uh, Josh Allen, you're still going to have to play him. You, you, you know, you're going to play him as a top three quarterback. That never changes. Don Kincaid looks like he'll be back this week. He clears concussion protocol, and Allen's shoulders not of a concern as of this moment. Uh, James Cook, we talked about him. Ho-hum, RB2. Let's talk a little Ramondre Stevenson, because I think this is what we need to figure out. So finally for him, at the very least, I said last week, this is it, buddy. You got to show me something, or we're going to be bailing on you with for whatever we can get you for. He does have a decent game against the Raiders. He finally gets in the end zone. And he had a decent game, by the way, missing pretty much the entire third quarter because he was getting evaluated concussion, had a little bit of an ankle issue, practice limit capacity today, should be fine heading into Sunday. While he got back on track last week, and I'll kick this over to Adam here, uh, would you buy low on him, or is this your opportunity to sell high on Ramondre Stevenson in your opinion? I don't know if I, I'm reaching the levels of um, of buying low on him, but I'm not desperately selling him. If I got a good offer for him or if there's someone who's freaking out on a wide receiver that I like, then I'll, I'll probably make an offer. Um, but I, I'm staying pat in a lot of the teams where I have him. Uh, I, I think this stretch of offensive play for them has been really weird. I don't think the stretch they had to start the season is them for real either. Uh, but I do think that the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. I mean, this is an egregiously bad stretch of games. Mac Jones went from like QB 14 to QB 30 in like a two week span um, just from <laughs> playing atrocious. So I don't know. I, I, I think the, again, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I think the offense gets back on track a little bit. And with that, I think he uh, can become a little bit more consistent of a piece, but the ceiling of last year isn't there. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. This week's going to tell us more, right? Buffalo, 12th most fantasy points to the running backs. They've been getting gashed. If he comes in and has another good game this week, then at least we can look at him as like, all right, the matchup's favorable. Maybe we can expect you to put up the production we were hoping we would get out of you when we drafted you. And at least that is an improvement from, frankly, what we've gotten in the first few weeks of the season. So I'm, I'm kind of with you there. You're playing Ramondre Stevenson as an RB, too. Uh, Chase, I think we can flex Latavius this week. Uh, I'm still a little bit lower in ECR. I got him at 36. They got him at 33. But without Harris, Murray pretty much split with James Cook, still getting the goal line opportunities, still getting the passing down opportunities. Obviously, he's not as good as James Cook's, hence the discrepancy in the rankings. But I think in a week like this, we could flex him. I want to hold my nose. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, yeah, I got him about where you do. I have him at 34. I mean, I'm splitting what? the difference between you and, e and ECR. But, uh, yeah, I'm not happy about it. He's actually doing what I kind of thought and what I think a lot of people thought that Damian Harris would do for them this season. I, I thought Damian Harris would have basically the role that, that Latavius Murray has taken. But Latavius Murray has actually taken it a little further than I thought even Harris would, which – is just inexplicable to me, but I guess, you know, I, I'm not in the building every day. So that's why I'm talking about it and not running the show there. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, is he flexible based on you know, a full fifth of the league on by this week? And 
1800 injuries. Yeah. He's flexible. I'm not, I'm not running out to grab him or anything unless you're absolutely desperate, but yeah. Yeah. He's flexible. I have him in the same place you do. Yeah. It's, it's a little gross, especially this week. Uh, Stefan Diggs, We do love him. Wide receiver three. Gabe Davis, we got him as a wide receiver, uh, wide boomer bus wide receiver three. That that really doesn't change with Gabe Davis any given week. I don't. I'm not even bothering with a single Patriot wide receiver. I know Kendrick Bourne had a nice game last week. I, I get that, but go ahead and play Kendrick Bourne next week and see what happens. I mean, seriously, like uh, there's no way I'm trusting any of these pass catchers in New England Patriots right now. That includes Hunter Henry, which his last chance for me to get back on track was last week. Done with him. He's at tight end 19, and Kincaid, I could care less. Like I'm at tight end 23, so I'm ready to go on to the next matchup here. <laughs> We got the Commanders taking on the New York Giants in this game. The Commanders are favored at minus two. The over-unders at 39 and a half. The Giants have been one and five against the spread so far this season. And there's been some talk. And Chris, we can get into this a little bit. There's been some talk that uh, there's unrest in the locker room that some people would rather see some of the players that is rather see Tyrod Taylor than Daniel Jones at starting at quarterback. Now they're not going to get their wish because of what Daniel Jones is getting paid barring injury. But I do think it's a little bit interesting. We're getting some of that unrest in there. What do you make of all of that? You think there's something to that or no? I mean, I think there's something to it. It's New York and people are going to have egos and they're going to want to complain and point fingers at somebody. They need back, you know, page stories. Um, I do think that a big part of it's going to be the fact that, you know, we've talked about this a lot in the show, Dale Jones' inability or unwillingness to push the ball down the field. Um, we actually saw Tarrant, Darren Waller involved in the offense. We actually saw Darius Slayton actually get, you know, targeted consistently. So two receivers who were a lot of guys who, you know, thought looked as probably the primary threats down the field were actually involved in the game where looking at like Tyrod Taylor's a quarterback. Um, that, I think that's part of what you're seeing. That he, he, Daniel Jones is just not seeing the field very well. Or the offense doesn't have any flow. We were asking going into this week, where is Darren Waller? Where are the play calls for these different players? You saw Wendell Robinson be involved with, you know, little coach's pet pro- project. So I think a lot of things are going well for him versus Daniel Jones, who just wasn't feeding anybody. And people are getting tired in New York of losing. Yeah, I think it's, it, losing causes a lot of issues, basically much what it comes down to. Now, Daniel Jones dealing with the neck issue. He did practice in limited capacity today. I think one of the big reasons he might push to play is because of what might be going on behind the scenes. I got a feeling we're going to see him this week. Now, I'm still not trying to play Daniel Jones, but I am higher on him than the ECR. You know, he's going to, if he does play, he's going to have Waller. He's finally going to have Saquon back. Commanders suck against quarterbacks, to put it frankly, the third most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Like, there's some sneakiness to Daniel Jones if he goes out there and plays. I'm just, I want to put it out there. And I'm still not trying to play him. Just, you know, let's not get it twisted here. But we haven't seen him with a full plethora of weapons and in a good matchup. We have seen him be. Uh, streaming ability before in these types of situations. The guy I do need, or not that I need, but I do have as a top end streaming quarterback is Sam Howell. But you know, Sam Howell's been getting it done, and we love him against the Giants. Adam, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You gonna pl- you gonna plug and play Sam Howell this week? You stream him? You saying with, with some of the situations going on around the league? Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm definitely. I, I've got him in a few super flex situations. I'm very happy for him to be the second guy. And yeah, I mean, 
Game like this is tough because I don't think it's going to be particularly high scoring, but his defense could put him in a shootout at any moment. <laughs> so that that's kind of the beauty of him so far this season is he could be in a 30-30 game at any given time because his defense is awful. Yeah, uh, I do want a quick, uh, quick shout out to Saquon Barkley. I'm, I'm, you know, it doesn't. I don't want to get too much into this because it's still having us an RB one. ECR's got him as a low in RB one at ten. I got him at a high in RB one at, at four. I'm just impressed with the way he looked in his first game back. The fact that he got 29 opportunities right off the bat. He looked explosive. He looked fine to me. Uh, so you know, if you're going to get him that kind of volume in this offense, they desperately need him to move the chains. I'm, I think Saquon Barkley's back to just being an RB1. So I just was impressed with what I saw there. Uh, Brian Robinson, you're playing him. You like the matchup. He's getting the workload. He should get a touchdown in this game. I got him on high and RB2. I don't think and I have him right in line with the ECR. You're not going to change that. Terry McLaurin's getting enough volume. While it's been a super spreader, I guess you could call it, the, the baby spreader to the Chiefs, going on with the Commanders right now and Eric Bieniemy. McLaurin's getting enough volume to, to fight to stabilize him as a low-end wide receiver, too. Um, Chase, I, I know I have Wandale Robinson as a wide receiver four, and now all of a sudden he's listed with a knee issue, but that's part of, his, I think, his maintenance plan for coming back from his ACL. But he has had less than five targets in any game that he's played this year. It looks like he completely took over the slot position starting last week. Commander's third most fantasy points allowed to the wide receivers. I don't know. You, th- you think about Wandale Robinson, if not this week, maybe moving forward, you looking at this guy? Uh, it may be moving forward, yeah. I mean... We've we've said it. This is one of the wide receiver rooms. I mean, we, we've talked about the Chiefs and how nobody has taken charge. We've talked about the Giants, how there's a ton of ostensible talent in that room, but nobody has stepped up and actually done anything with it. Uh, and honestly, some of that is due to the fact that they can't get a pass off edgewise with the way that the line is played and the quarterbacks have looked terrible. But um, yeah, if he's actually going to seize the slot role out of the 13 slot receivers that they signed this off season and have on the roster. If he's going to be the guy who actually takes that. And if he's going to continue to see that kind of usage, somebody has got to be the number one receiver uh, outside of their tight end. And so, yeah, I mean, I I'm willing to stash him. I'm not crazy about, you know, this week for him. Uh, and, and I want to see him put together. We, you know, we've kind of made the, comment in the past you do it twice in a row okay great if you do it three times in a row now we've got a now we've got a trend going on here um yeah i want to see him be a little bit more consistent and continue to put these kinds of games together uh regardless of whether it's tarod taylor or or daniel jones at quarterback but hey somebody has to actually be a usable wide receiver or at least a you know a top wide receiver in this room and i don't think there's any reason why it shouldn't be him i mean he's finally healthy and hey Go for it, Wandale. Yeah, I hear you. Chris, help me out with this question. Mason's asking, should he trade Ramondre Stevenson and Jamar Chase for A.J. Brown and Brees Hall? I would pull the trigger on that deal because I think the upside for Brees Hall is much more. The Jets, you know, second half schedule is going to get much easier. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Ramondre. I think, you know, I like what Stevenson looked like last week. I think he'll have some involvement. Their schedule gets easier in the second half of the schedule season easier as well. But I'm going to be honest, we, we skipped over him, but Zeke looked good to me, guys. He got a touchdown call back you know, that we was, you know, wasn't part of this, the stats that we see. But people want to hate on Zeke and his last explosiveness. He might have been the most explosive player on He's the not going anywhere. So I, I agree with you. So I'm, I'm pulling the A.J. Brown, Brees, A.J.'s number one receiver, Samoa Jamar. Brees got more upside. 
I, I agree with you there. The, the, the downgrade from Chase to AJ is is outweighed by the upgrade from Stevenson to Breeze Hall, who looks fantastic. And, and we're not talking about them because they're on by this week. But I do want to point out Breeze Hall. The one factor we had was go, going forward for me, at least for him to get back to that RB1 echelon. Will he start to cut in into that passing work? And he did start to do that last week. So he cut into he got all the carries. And then last week started to cut into Michael Carter's passing work. So that's kind of the trend you want to see there so i like what i'm seeing out of Brees hall okay uh, well you're gonna play Darren waller regardless as a tight end one because there's not many tight ends to talk about but i do i need to i wish i had i need some like sad background music i gotta put that i'll put that in the note for next week i gotta apologize to you guys all out there you know you uh you stream logan thomas you've been trying to stream tight ends and you know what it's, <laughs> it's my fault it I is it every every time there's this one league in particular. Every every time I pick up a tight end, it just it just flops around its face. I drafted Dalton Schultz and Pat Fryermuth. Neither one of them did anything the first couple of weeks of the season. Hunter Henry looked great. I pick up Hunter Henry. Didn't do a damn thing since I picked him up. Dropped him last week. Picked up Logan Thomas. Great matchup against Atlanta. Has been fantastic all year. Has by far his worst game of the season with one target for one catch and two yards and a fantastic match against Atlanta. And then he he craps the bed too. So here's what I'm gonna I'm just gonna let you guys know. I do have Logan Thomas, the top 12 tight end this week. And in that league, I am going to stick with Logan Thomas again this week. So if you want to bench Logan Thomas for anything with a pulse, I understand you've been more Dan Dan to make you feel better. Um <laughs> this is David and Joku like the last five years. So <laughs> you're good. This is how it works. This is how it works. I just I need to put it out there to the people that it's my fault that these tight ends who get on these trends and then it, I pick them up and they get torpedoed. Uh, let's go to our next matchup. <laughs> All right, we got the Atlanta Falcons going in the Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers are favored at minus two and a half with the over under at 38 and a half. Guess what? Both teams are five and one on the under this year. Ring! Let's take the under again in this matchup. 23. Tampa Bay. Hey, you'd be rich right now if you keep taking the unders, and uh, this leak is looking like a good under week to keep that trend going. Last year, too. Has there been a has there been a single like exciting like I'm looking forward to watching that game on the freaking docket yet? We we will get there eventually. (laughs) Um, we haven't gotten there yet, but there, there is a game on here that I am looking forward to this week. Unfortunately, Chase, unfortunately, Chase, we're going to probably be doing our show while that game is going on, but that is the game I would be looking forward to. There's two games I'm looking forward to. We'll get to. Okay. Um, so, all right. Want to go to a college game? No, there's actually two pros. (laughs) There's actually two pros. Um, are we, I want we're not starting Desmond Ritter or anything like that, but I did want to talk a little bit about Desmond Ritter because I said this on the show last week. I said, okay, if you have, you had the one good week where finally it looked like they opened up the passing game a little bit. And I said, if you go two weeks in a row, that gives you cause for optimism. So that's where we're at now. You have calls for optimism. It didn't look good. Desmond Ritter still showed you why he's not an NFL starting quarterback, but the volume was there to finally get the guys you want to have the ball, the ball. We'll talk about that in a second. If you do it three games in a row, you are now sustainable for the rest of the year. And this is the big test because if Tampa Bay has got a, bit, a decent defense and Desmond Ritter has been in even worse on the road this year than he's been at home. So you, now you have a decent defense and a road matchup. 
if the volume is there this week, I think we can safely readjust our values for Drake London, for Kyle Pitts, uh, for even Janu Smith the rest of the way, as far as that being sustainable. I think there's a pathway for that. So I want to put that out there before we start talking with the guys for fantasy purposes who actually matter. And I Real will quick, Dan, though, yeah. I disagree with that. My only caution is, is Tampa Bay is a team that's hard to run the ball against. We know Atlanta loves to run the ball. So taking the weapons involvement in a sense, uh, I don't know how much I'm going to necessarily take that for. It's going to be how the trend is going to continue to be. Chris, I'm going, I, to counter, I'm, I'm going to counter with this. Um, I don't care if your defense is good against running the ball or not. Atlanta sucks at running the ball. They might love to run the ball, but they suck at running the ball right now. I mean, neither Tyler Algier nor Bijan Robinson can get over four yards carry because everybody and their mom knows when it's coming. Arthur Smith keeps running into stack boxes on obvious running down situations. So it doesn't really matter if you have a good run defense or not. They're, they're not being very efficient. So I I don't know if this if that honestly matters as far as a reflection on what their passing attack or their offense attack in general has to become now. I mean I don't that would be that my counterpoint right now. No, I hear you. Like I'm just pointing out like Detroit's one of the top rushing teams, for example, but struggled to run the ball last week versus Tampa Bay's defense. I'm just saying when I see the numbers because there's going to be involved and they're going to have to kind of throw the ball to beat this front for the most part. But I do agree with you that the, tr- the trends are looking better involvement for the weapons to be involved. I just have some caution. It's like playing certain teams or like Cleveland or Tampa Bay where you know that's going to be funneled for a passing attack. You don't want to read too much into the numbers. Well, let me let me be clear here. I think you bring up a good point, and maybe I need to clarify to some degree. Just because it's three games in a row sustainable doesn't mean I expect Desmond Ritter to throw the ball 35-plus times every single game the rest of the season. That's not what I'm saying by that. I'm saying sustainable in the fact that it will be more consistent, being that you will get the volume to the guys that you're looking for, and it won't go back to 22, 20 attempts in a game that we were seeing earlier on. Chase, did you want to get in here? Well, I'm just – I mean – other outside of week one, week one, he only threw the ball 18 times outside of that. He's thrown the ball at least 31 times off all year. He's, I mean, he's, he's been, they've been actually turning to loose. It just doesn't feel like it because he hasn't completed Dick until so the last bad. two weeks. <laughs> he, so now, I mean, now last two weeks, he's completed 28 passes both weeks. So, I mean, the last few weeks, he's actually gotten the ball into guys' hands, not just throwing it kind of in their general direction and, you know, whatever the hell happens after it leaves my hand. Great. He's actually completed passes the last two weeks. And I think that's the big difference. The last well, two weeks, if uh, that continues, obviously then I'm all, yeah, then I'm all excited about, you know, finally maybe kind of excited about having Drake London and Johnny Smith and Kyle Pitts. I mean, he, he, he completed passes against Houston. Yes. Last week was about the volume because he only had a 59%. Well, he was, but, but I'm just saying like, but it was still, it was, it was, it was, 47 pass attempts, but he still completed 28 passes. And that was not happening the first four weeks, even though he was throwing the ball 32, 38, 31 times. I mean, he's, he has been throwing the ball all over the place. It's just, the problem is he's been throwing it all over the place and not guys. <laughs> and the last two weeks, they've actually managed to be able to catch a few. Free Taylor Heideke. Free Taylor Heideke. <laughs> well, real quick, Dan, free the offense in general. Arthur Smith is doing some yes. horrible, horrible play calls. The wrong team in the South changed play callers. Yeah. I we used to kill you know Greg Rowan's passing concepts and how Neanderthal they were. I watched that good portion of some of those you know, 50-something passing attempts you talk about Chase. And it was like it was max protection, three receiver things where they're running into the double coverage constantly. And it was like, <laughs> why, I wonder why Kyle Pitts can't get you know targeted. <laughs> right. 
hammer it in there. Just oh. do it. All right, that's entirely too much Arthur Smith and Desmond right. Ritter talk. Let's move on here. Uh, Bijan Robinson, his player, I have him at RB6. You're still going to play him and get saved by the passing attack. And by the way, his player prop, 24 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that mark five of the last six games. I do think they continue that here <laughs> against Tampa the passing Bay. attempts right there, Chase. That's, that's right there. It's true. Uh, Rashad White, he's still an RB2, in my opinion, because of the volume. His player prop, though, at 52 and a half. I'm staying away from that. He's been under it three of the last five. It's not enough of a trend. Yes, Atlanta's brutal against the run, but he may just get the ball 20 times. Who knows? Uh, I'm just staying away from Rashad White, both in the player prop and fantasy-wise. I mean, if you have to play him, he's a guy with the pulse this week. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Tal Algier, for the first time in a couple of weeks, cracks my top 36. Thank you to this ridiculous bye week. Can I talk about this bye week real quick now that I'm thinking about it more and more? I said this to Adam. Adam, help me out here. They're supposed to have this artificial intelligence. And this is how I know, by the way, artificial intelligence is not ready to take over the world because of this retarded <laughs> NFL scheduling. This is how I know they're not ready to beat us. Okay, we are not going to bow down the machines just yet because of this NFL scheduling. How do you have six teams on by this week? Zero next week. You had two last week. You have buys till week 14. This makes no, most of America who watches football plays fantasy football. Come on. <laughs> what do you think of script. it? I mean, I guess it's good timing in the sense that like half the league got hurt this week and half of them were getting or last week and half of them were getting this week off. So that's nice. But outside of that, I can't really give you any, any confident, nice thing to say. Figure it out. Make it all even. Why can't we make it even every week? That doesn't make any sense. <sighs> There's Pierre no that. reason not to make it even every week. I've, I've said no. that before. There's no reason they can't even out who plays in primetime games when you've got a Thursday night game, a Sunday night game, and a Monday night game every week. Everybody plays 17 games. There's only 32 teams in a damn league. Like, yeah, figure it out. Even it out a little bit. There's no reason we have to watch the goddamn Giants 13 times. On Everyone the has They're optimizing the primetime games for money. That's not, that's what that is. <laughs> Everyone has an analytics apartment. Spare one guy from your analytics apartment from each team and figure this right. the hell out, will you? Like, <laughs> come on. Um, all right. So we got a question coming in from Pierre. Should I trade away DJ Moore for Alva Kamara or Brees Hall? Full point PPR. He's hurting at running back. He's got Mixon, Ford, James Conner, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, some decent receivers, though. Uh, Adam, would you trade away DJ Moore for Kamara or Brees Hall? Uh, I, I think there's an argument to be made for Brees because the upside is pretty high. Uh, Kamara, I I think I have concerns for both Kamara and Moore. I, I like all three of these guys, um, but uh, Brees Hall is the – safest pick i think uh, outside of the the acl thing which he looks so explosive that by general trend is to avoid guys that first year off and i'm just throwing it out the window for breeze at this point i don't care anymore um and yeah kamara i'm like a 28 year old running back this offense isn't great dj moore i have no idea what's happening with this quarterback PPR, though, adam just want to throw that at kamara full point ppr with Derek carr check down machine That's yeah I, I, it's you're not wrong but dj moore has been really good this year so i'm not you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Justin Fields maybe have surgery. Just saying. Yeah. Given his particular rush construction with the running backs, and the he does have very good strong receivers all throughout. I would definitely make the trade for one of the two. 
Um, so whichever one you deem that to be, I, Adam, I don't disagree with you. I think Brees Hall still represents more upside moving forward. Cause I think he still has a pathway to be a top five RB one. I think you can make that argument. I don't think Kamara has that pathway, but I think Kamara, you're locking him in as a top 10, like every freaking week, like Chris pointed out with PP, especially PPR league wise. Uh, he's just going to be, even with Jamal Williams back, he's still going to be there because Derek Carr is just checking it down left and right and through the center. Um, so I would take it either way. We want the upside, whether you want to stay for that Atlanta running game, passing game slash. That's, yes, they do. He's Kamar is very much Bijan only on crack because he gets even he gets 12 targets instead of eight. Um, all right, so let's get back to this game real quick, though. We got Chris, uh, Mike Evans, we're playing him as a mid level wide receiver, too. I want to talk a little bit about Chris Godwin because I got him at wide receiver 25, ECR's got him at wide receiver 19. I uh, and I'm just I have him as a so I'm a little bit lower. I'm basically saying he's a high end wide receiver three rather than being a low end wide receiver two. Guys, in, in a game in which Mike Evans has played the whole game, he hasn't finished better than wide receiver 28. And that even includes last week when he outplayed Mike Evans with the production that he had still didn't finish better than wide receiver 28 in a game in which Mike Evans has been a part of. And he's been under his, his receiving mark is 16 and a half receiving yards in his game. He's been under that three of five games. If Mike Evans is out there, I just don't like the ceiling. Chris Godwin represents. You're still playing him. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not playing him this week, but I don't like the ceiling represents. I think you have to view him more as a, floor wide receiver three play than a guy who can actually give you some ceiling. So that might come to play with when you're trying to pick out other guys in your rotation. Uh, Chris, you're not in your head. What do you think? I think Chris Godwin's a sneaky play this week just because of the matchup. AJ yeah. Terrell's the guy you're going to see a lot of Mike Evans. We've seen that outside receiver been really struggle versus this team versus Atlanta team. Um, and Chris Godwin's going to be front, you know, facing D offered. So looking at the matchup, looking what Baker's going to see, we've seen at least Godwin's been getting at seven, you know, six, seven, eight, nine targets a game pretty consistently. You haven't got the touchdown. That's pretty much the big difference right now between him and Evans. Evans is scoring touchdowns. Godwin's not. I do think that's going to kind of have a sway at some point. I think Godwin's getting more uh, – I don't know what you guys think, but I look a little more explosive last week where I think he's getting his legs back a little bit too. So I do like Chris Godwin a lot. I do – I can't argue strongly, Dan, that he's not necessarily like, you know, a high-end guy where you're like, I love the upside. But I think he's a solid play that you're playing with a receiver two or feeling pretty good as a flex mm-hmm. option. Yeah, I, it's it's the Atlanta defense, and like I said, I think you can have Atlanta over the middle, and that's Chris Godwin land. No, I think it's a good matchup that way for him. Yeah, no, that that's fair too. Uh, we'll see what what happens there. I don't have enough to go for a showdown on that one. I don't, uh, Chase, where you at on uh, Janu Smith? We chase showdown number two. We got, <laughs> got him. We got him. We I have got him, him at fourteen. Try to try to bait him. Ah, that's not enough. That's not enough. No. Uh, you do have him a little bit lower than ECR, though. I still would play Janu Smith as a top 12 tight end this week. And for the first time in five weeks, I believe, Kyle Pitts cracks my top 10. He is at tight end nine for me this week. I am betting on the volume for Pitts to continue to be there. And I'm going to hold my nose while I do it. Let's go to the next matchup. <laughs> Detroit Lions taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore at home. This is the I'm looking forward to seeing one of them. Really? Uh, well, hold on. I Let mean, me go through this field real quick. Uh, Baltimore minus three at home in this one. 42 
over under lines have been five and one against the spread, but the Ravens have also been four and two against the spread. Both teams have been 50 50 on the over under. So I'm not really looking for a big bet this game. Uh, Lions are coming into this game. David Montgomery not expected to play with a ribs cartilage issue at the moment. Jameer Gibbs hamstring did practice in limited capacity today. So I do think there's actually a decent chance we're going to see Jameer Gibbs. I'll confirm with Brian Scott tomorrow. So Chris, this is one of the games you're looking to play. I do think these are two of the better teams, but two teams that are kind of banged up and playing really not excited. Like, I haven't really been excited to watch Detroit. I haven't been excited to watch Baltimore. So what do you got here? No, I can understand that part. And it's not going to be a high-flying, exciting game in that sense where we're going to have, you know, a shootout. But what I do think is that we're going to get a good test for both where these teams kind of stand. And similar, you know, actual physical football teams, um, Detroit you know, has kind of taken their MO, as Dan Campbell has wanted them to do, is being a very physically aggressive team. They've traveled well because they've been able to take that kind of physicality on the road. It's going to be tested where the you know, ultimate of all physical teams, in a sense, is Baltimore Ravens over the last few years. And you're going to go into their home, play them. You know, the Raiders, I'm sorry, the Ravens have been kind of struggling offensively, but they, they've been moving the ball pretty consistently. It's not scoring touchdowns. So it's going to be a test. It's Detroit defense for real. Um, and then I look at, you know, I'm going to miss David Montgomery. I think it's going to be a big part that's going to be missing from his offense. But we're going to see, is Jared Goff really this good over the last 17 games? You know, uh, eight showed his things. He was 13 and four. Uh, 29 touchdowns, four interceptions, and that's including playing on the road. So we're looking at a guy, is he kind of changing the narrative, what he could be, especially in playoff time. So both these teams, for me, is kind of a a gauge of who are you really um, when it comes to contenders down the road. To add to that really quick, just the nature of this week, there's not much quality, like decent level football you're going to see, whether high scoring, (laughs) exciting or not. This will be a talented game a well-played game and you can't say that much this week pretty right. decently coached as well dan that's yeah. that's, also, that's hard to say as well <laughs> yep no that's all very fair points you guys made me look forward to this game a little bit more from that standpoint at least uh lamar jackson still a top five quarterback for me i got him at four this week jared goff he talked about it this is probably the highest i've had jared goff ranked on the road and i can't remember how long especially against the defense that's pretty competent i got him at qb9 i'm two spots ahead of ecr he's got him at qb11 i he He's been going the road. We can't ignore this. I think we're going to, if he continues to do this, he will be a top 10 quarterback pretty much no matter what the rest of the season. So uh, I think from that standpoint, we, we need good news. That that could be good news. Um, Chase, I so it's a good thing Jameer Gibbs is coming back, man, because this was going to get yeah. real brutal here because Craig Reynolds now all of a sudden he popped up with a hamstring issue. He didn't play. He didn't practice today. So yeah, so what do you expect out of Jameer Gibbs? I got him at 15. He's hard as 26 right now, but I think that's more of a reflection of people ranking him, not knowing if he's going to play. And, that's and, and that, like I said before, like at this point in the week, your rankings are a much more a confidence kind of thing than necessarily who's going to score a bunch. And we're not necessarily confident how much we're going to see or if we're going to see you know Gibbs, Reynolds, who. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that if, if Gibbs is in, it tanks Reynolds' value regardless. Um Gibbs is, I mean, Gibbs is a, is a jack of all trades enough that they may be able to get, you know, fun enough with how they use him to actually move the ball and do something against this Baltimore Ravens team. Ravens, you know, for as good as their defense has been, they're not 
a terrible matchup in the run game for, for running backs, but that's assuming that, you know, we see a running back for Detroit get used traditionally with David Montgomery out. I think that goes out the window, especially if Craig Reynolds can't play. Uh, and even when Craig Reynolds plays, Craig Reynolds is, you know, I don't know. I think that they're going to use Gibbs in, in their typical creative ways. I don't think he all of a sudden becomes a between the tackles, you know, pounder just because Craig Reynolds might be hurt well, too. Well, the last time David Montgomery was out, I mean, that's exactly what Gibbs did. He took on well, the David Montgomery role. He can take on the David Montgomery role, but they're not going to want to try and pound them. I don't think they're going to want to try and pound the ball against Baltimore's defense. I think they're going to want to try and be creative in how they attack it. So, but I, I, I do like Gibbs in that respect. And so I, especially, if he plays and if we're sure that he plays, he probably comes up from that 24 where I've got him ranked right now. I think this is the more interesting storyline from a fantasy standpoint. And uh, Adam, help me out with this one. If Jameer Gibbs comes in, no David Montgomery, and he finally has a good game. I'm not expecting a huge game out of those one, but it's like he finally has a good game. Would you sell high off of Gibbs off of that? And you finally have an opportunity to do so, or are you just going to stand pat and say, all right, maybe this turns the corner. I mean, it depends on what I'm selling for, but if I got something that was close to the draft capital that you would have had to pay to get Gibbs, then yes, I'm, I would sell him. I think from that stand, that's what makes him a sell candidate to me. So I think if he, if, he, if he gets a good game this one, and we know that David Montgomery is going to probably miss more than just one week, I think you can get somebody to bite for a mid-level to a high-end wide receiver to someone that type who is going in that back in second round, third round area that Jameer Gibbs was going in most of those 12-man leagues. I think he'll get somebody to bite on that because everybody wants to see Jameer Gibbs go off. And I'm telling you right now, when David Montgomery goes back, he goes back to being second fiddle. Now, whether that second fiddle role grows in the passing attack will remains to be seen, but David Montgomery ain't going anywhere. So that's kind of what I'm looking at from this standpoint. Here we go. We got a Chris, help me out with this one. We got Cam, desperate times, start one. Royce Freeman. Kenneth Gainwell, Demarcado. <laughs> also, do I start Tutu Atwell or Rahid Shahid? So I guess pick one from the running backs, pick one from the wide receivers. Well, thanks for these wonderful choices. Um, <laughs> but this actually looks for actually a lot like my team, so I understand Cam desperate times. Um, Royce Freeman is probably the one I would lean towards. I think that he's got a chance to actually be involved. I don't think they're going to play. You know, Gaskins are off the bat. I think Evans is going to have to show he can pass protect. He can do some other things. Royce Freeman has been with this team for most of the season or off season, I should say, before, before signing with the practice squad. We saw Gainwell was last week. He wasn't really involved. I don't think that's going to necessarily change. I know a Dolphins are tempting offer, but we you know, also didn't see Boston Scott out there for no reason. And Demarcado, I, I think that you saw like the usage. He was the guy who played the most. He was used in the passing situations, but statistically he did nothing. You're seeing a bunch of other guys going to be utilized in this backfield versus Seattle. I wouldn't love that matchup. Um, and then for Tutu or Sheed, actually I'm going to go with Tutu in this one. I know Tutu didn't show up right last week, but it has a good matchup again this week on paper. Um, paying this Pittsburgh team, probably going to see a lot of Patrick Peterson. One thing Patrick Peterson can't do is turn his hips anymore. So I think there's a good chance that when they're paying attention to Cooper Cup, that maybe Tutu Atwell gets a big chance over down the field. Why Shaid has a lot of other mouths to feel on this New Orleans offense. I know he had a nice play last week, but you're really getting those in far in between. So that's what I lean towards. I agree with you on the two over the Shahid. I think just because he went off last week, I think that's actually a good enough reason why he won't go off 
<laughs> this week because he's never that consistent. And I, I have to agree with Royce. We know what Gainwell's role is in that offense. We know Demarcado is just a dude, if, if even that. And Royce Freeman, who I'm gonna, I am gonna crap on later on in the show a little bit. <laughs> um, of that group, he probably does have the best pathways to give you a consistent, decent amount of volume throughout that game, potentially depending upon how they look at the Zach Evans situation. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Cam. Good luck. That's tough, tough sledding there when you have those kinds of choices, but you are not, you are not alone in having those types of choices this week for sure. Um, Here's one guy I want to talk about a little bit though. Uh, Chase, I'm going to have you come in on this one. Justice Hill. Uh, I got him at running back 29. ECR's got him at 38. I'm a little bit confused as to why, because they have Gus Edwards at 27, who I also have Gus Edwards at 27, but the gap between Gus Edwards and Justice Hill should not be 27 and 38 in my mind especially with these split counts that they've been seeing. I know last week Edwards played 60 to 40, but Hill still dominated the pass work. He was still more efficient than Gus Edwards. was only 2.7 yards per carry. Their value is close. I think they're both just RB threes. And yes, Detroit, you know, least fantasy points to the running back. This is not a great matchup fantasy wise, but you got to have them closer together. No, uh, no, <laughs> I I just I don't I don't necessarily I have I have Edward well I mean I have Edwards at 29 uh and I have Hill at 38 so I've got him right where you know, right where the ECR pretty much has him I'm just I I'm waiting to see it from Justice Hill I keep waiting to see something I mean I I'm waiting to see something from anybody in that offense running the football or at the running back position and I'm not seeing it. It's a terrible matchup. Like you said, with Detroit, I don't necessarily expect anybody to, to emerge this week. Um, you know, plus, I mean, we've got who knows with the, the Keaton Mitchell wild card that everybody got excited about last week for some reason. Um, we're just, we're waiting to see somebody actually take control here. It's almost like the, the, the no, exactly. That's what I, but that's what I mean. That's why I'm not excited why about would the gap be closer. I mean, they're literally like Gus Edwards leads 33 justice Hill who's played one last game is 34 on the year on a points per game basis. Justice Hill is 1.2 points better than Gus Edwards. I don't, so what else do we need to see to see why this gap should be closer between the two uh, would be, would be my question. I, I guess we're waiting to see more of the volume shift towards justice Hill on a consistent basis is what I guess we're, we're waiting to see because right now Gus Edwards, they keep shoveling him the ball. We, I got, we got a question we got to get to, but um, we're going to hit a showdown. We're going to figure it out. Um, Adam Marine, uh, Moran here. <laughs> I'm hope I'm saying that right. Either Moran or, or Marine, uh, 10 man, super flex PPR for contacts has Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, and Watson, do I trade Tua, Raheem Moster, and DJ Moore for CJ Stroud, Jamar Chase, and Tony Pollard? Oh, the the second half is better players in my eyes, but I really don't want to move off the Dolphins running back right now, if I'm being honest, and I, I hate that. Um I don't know. I probably do. I like to take the more talented players, but it sucks to move off of the Dolphins. 
I'm I'm doing it. There is I don't I don't care. There's a time shelf on Raheem Moster. Devon Achan will be back. Jeff Wilson will be involved. There is a t- there will be a three man rotation in Miami before this season is out, probably by week ten, week eleven. If you have Josh Allen, uh, my question for you, uh, Moran, would be how often are you playing to it over Josh Allen? I know two has been better, but how super flex and super flex. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. That was my bad. That is actually a good. That is actually a really good point here. <laughs> that does change that a little bit. Uh, you know what? Then I I, turn, I lean back to no because I'm not giving up Josh Allen to Tagle Vogue. Chris, thank you for pointing that out. I actually totally forgot about that. No, I'm leaning back towards no because I'm not going to give up having Josh Allen into a Tagle Voa to get the down. I know you get the big upgrade with Jamar Chase in your mind, but DJ Moore has been very good. I don't think Justin Fields is out for the rest of the season. So I think having Josh Allen and Tua right now is a big advantage you have over everybody else. Quarterbacks aren't putting up a ton of points right now. Tua has been one of the more consistent and actually has shown one of the ceilings. Josh Allen, I do think it's this thing back on track. That gives you more advantage than having Jamar Chase over DJ Moore, which is ultimately what you're making this just trade for. Uh, and and you, I know I do like Tony Pollard rest. Of, I mean, in the playoff, I don't like, I don't know if I like him rest of the season. I like him in the playoffs more than Raheem Moster because of what that split could be in Miami at that point. But uh, yeah, I, I think I'm I think I'm staying pat. I think I'm staying pat. So that's it's how super flex, and you've got two of the top three yeah, quarterbacks scoring wise. Yeah, keep that. That's, that's, that's the, the advantage key. you're looking for. Hey Chase, while you're talking here, let's uh, let's go. All right. Ahead. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> Just to remind everybody. This Ravens backfield is a very controversial topic. I'm, I'm back in the lead here. And just, just, to, just to remind everyone, back in the lead. Uh, all right, so I got Justice Hill at 29. You got him at 38. So 34, 33, 33 and a half. Let's do 33 and a half. For Justice Hill? Yeah, if he's higher than 33 and a half, that's mine. If he's lower than 33 and a half, that's yours. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's so excited. I'm just, I'm showdown. Why can't we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to get these other guys in here eventually, Adam and uh, Chris. Uh, I do have a couple more questions here. Uh, not even going to attempt to think about what this guy's name is supposed to be here. Uh, hey, guys, I accidentally accepted trading away Kamara and Tank Dell for Ayuk and Madison. Says he accidentally accepted that. I, I misclicked. I don't know what happened. Uh, what are your thoughts on that trade? I don't accept it, but I don't think it was that bad. No, it's not that bad. Uh, it's not that bad at all. Uh, first of all, I think Brandon Ayuk is a borderline top 12 high end, you know, two wide receiver. Um, and, you know, Madison, it's not been pretty. It's not been fun to watch, but he's actually finished as a top 24 running back almost every single week because of the volume he's had. Now, you know, does that hold up with Cam Akers? I think that's a question here, but uh, Adam, Adam, why don't you help me out with this one? Do you think this is a bad trade here? No, you didn't get egregiously worse. Uh, I don't know how I might've accepted it. Honestly, I do think Ayuk is the best player involved, best talent player involved. Uh, I think it's a little closer with Kamara on the fantasy side of things. Um, but yeah, I, I don't feel too bad about it. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you tanked your season. Um, I'm on, I saying Brown. We love him. We play him. Zay flowers, lock him in wide receiver two. Finally found the end zone last week. We play him. Uh, we're still staying away from Jameson Williams. He's not playing enough to sustain the usage. Do we like to see the fact that he got a big play last week, but we'll keep our eyes on that. Keep him rostered. Josh Reynolds still playing ahead of him. And I'm not really excited about Josh Reynolds prospects this week, uh, but he could be a wide receiver floor, which could make him a flex play depending upon your league. 
We love Mark Andrews. We love Sam Laporta. So I don't really have any other notes for this. You guys have any other notes you want to tackle before I hit the next matchup? All right, let's move on in. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams favored by minus three here at home, 43 and a half over under. And uh, yep, the trend continues. The Rams have been two and four on the on over this year, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have been one and four on the over this year. So that means it comes down to another under here at 43 and a half between these two teams. We got Kyron Williams dealing with the ankle issue. It's uh, it, they're not calling it a high ankle sprain, but based on the timeline that's been reported, I, I might be it might be a less severe high ankle sprain, but it sounds like a high ankle sprain to me. Ronnie Rivers did go on IR today, so that's going to set up our quite our, our topics for this game. Uh, Deontay Johnson does look like he might return this week off a hamstring issue. So actually a lot of headlines to talk about in this uh, matchup. I do have Stafford as a top 10 quarterback. I think there's going to be a lot of volume for him involved. Uh, I know it was, it was disappointing last week. I had him up there, uh, you know, last week and didn't really get the production I was looking for. But again, this week, I think they might be leaning on the pass a little bit more. And you do like the matchup against the Steelers when it comes to quarterbacks and wide receivers. Let's have our conversation here about the running back situation and the Rams. So Zach Evans was the third string running back for this team before this all happened, had been on the active roster. Did like him in college, does have a three down skill set as far as his ability to receive the balls. Chris mentioned, though, has been a problem in pass protection. That's why he's been a little bit of a disappointment over the summer as far as what they thought they could get out of him. But he has been on the active roster. Royce Freeman was on the practice squad. They promoted Royce Freeman. They then signed Darrell Henderson to the practice squad. Then right after that, they signed Miles Gaskin from the Vikings practice squad and put him on the active roster. So before I even get into any of this, I first got to say I am very disappointed with our fellow rankers and analysts in the industry because I'm hearing more and more people tried to tell me that Darrell Henderson is going to be the one leading this backfield, which <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever when he's the only guy of the group on the freaking practice squad, not on the active roster. How can you lead the backfield? Not on the active roster. Darrell Henderson was dissipated even more harshly in some ways than Cam Akers. Cam Akers, who they've been trying to get rid of since day one, and still they got rid of Darrell Henderson first. All right, he's done. He's been cut from several teams. He has been able to make it. He's only there because he knows the offense, and he's there for depth purposes. That is it. That is all. Stop talking to me about Darrell Henderson. Stop talking to me about Miles Gaskin. How many running backs are the Dolphins? have on their roster and yet he still got cut by them how bad are the running backs in the minnesota vikings yet he could not make the active roster for them they went out and traded for cam Akers. so i don't care about miles gaskin the only guy that i care about to some degree when it comes to zach evans is maybe royce freeman royce freeman is just a dude we know what he is he's just a dude who's there nothing more I am taking Zach Evans to lead this backfield. I do like his talent. I do think he's the most talented of the bunch. He's still a little unknown, so there's still potential, potentially untapped for him. I am taking Zach Evans to lead this backfield. Could this be a committee? Sure. But if we can get the hot hand, we will see that. I think the guy who has the best chance to get the hot hand will be Zach Evans. Chris, I loved your facial expressions throughout all that, so let me get your thoughts. Well, first of all, it's only week 10, so you're just basically getting through the bye. Um, right. So that's what they're looking to do. 
And for the guys who are going to be involved in this backfield, Dan, I don't disagree. Look, Zach Evans is definitely the most talented. I do think he's not going to be the guy who necessarily plays the most just because, as we saw in Arizona, there's going to be a, 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 a want to have guys who can pass protect, know the playbook, do all the things you're supposed to do in a sense for the nooks and crannies. Why I don't like Henderson, I agree with you, he's, not, he's just a dude, was definitely jetsoned out of the Rams. Why he has maybe the most hope in my eyes is he's probably the, sim- the most built similar to, to Williams, where I think was before uh, the Rams offensive lines, not still not that good. I think they bank on a lot of having a, little, a crack or a crease that a little guy can squeeze through. I think Royce Freeman needs a hole. I think Zach Evans needs a hole. I think most other guys are need a hole. So I am a little concerned that there's not a lot of wiggle overall. I don't think any of these guys are going to be anything. I think you got what you got from Kyron Williams. You're not going to get split up between a bunch of guys. You're going to watch Rams a little more pass happy. Um, and I think you're going to get lucky that you, maybe you had one of the guys, but similar to Arizona situation last week, I think this is a backfield. That I would not be really excited to have any shares. in. Yeah, that, that might be fair. I, I like Zach Evans coming out of college quite a bit. I do too. I, do too. I, 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 I want to give him a shot, a shooter's chance to this thing but where he wants just real to. quick. He reminds a lot of Cam Akers. And we saw how that when he got the opportunity. Handmakers was very good when he got the opportunity. When they, when they didn't hate him, he actually played well for them. I don't think well, they, they had an offensive days. line, and they, their running back wasn't a de facto tight end. No, they, it, it pass block comes first for Sean McVay at the running back mm-hmm. position right now. And yet he's talking about Zach Evans being the starting running back. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Look, I look at this. Zach Evans, I think, has the best chance to score on this team. We know the Rams go with red zone uh, carries for the running back. When they get inside the red zone, it's not necessarily throwing the ball. They're looking to run. I think Zach Evans gives the best chance. I'm ahead of ECR. I got him at 22, especially in this week. I'm going to give him a shot to be an RB2 this week. Put Tutu back there. Let him run. The reason I just called it, (laughs) it's absolutely true. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean I, no, I wanted to point out what Adam was saying because you're going to play Pittsburgh and you're going to play Dallas. So, just to keep that in mind, the, the opponents you're going to play, they're going to be matchups. The running backs are going to see some linebackers sometimes. Yeah, no, that's that's fair too. Uh, we got some questions coming here. A Manster 23 just traded DJ B Rob Moss and Justin Jefferson. Oh my god, is this no, all part for of the Justin Jeff for <laughs> Justin Jefferson? Oh, for thank you for Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Damian Pierce, and a 10 team PPR. I'm four and two, so I took the risk win or loss. Chase, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's assuming that Jefferson comes back, then you got two of the three best players in the, in the deal. You try, I'm assuming that B Rob means Brian Robinson and not B. I was Robinson. So as well. Yeah. But uh, so, so you ba- you gave up. Brian Robinson and you gave up Zach Moss. Zach Moss is not the number one on his team anymore because Jonathan Taylor's back. Brian Robinson is the number one on his team, but has been less than exciting. DJ Moore, we've already talked about that. I mean, he's going to continue to be a playable, startable player, regardless of the quarterback situation there. But Jefferson coming back is one of the top players in the entire league, regardless of position. T Higgins, I think the arrow points up for him the rest of the season. And I think that, that, there are better things ahead than what you have gotten out of him so far. Uh, we know that everybody here loves Damian Pierce, but I mean, you're four and two taking the risk going for the, and getting two of the three best players in that, in that deal. I'm fine with that trade. Emma, sorry, you, you robbed them. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> be robbed. 
it, it all comes down to Jefferson come back or not. It, it comes to, it, exactly that. Yeah, that's the point. So from yeah, if Jefferson comes back, great, fantastic. This deal is going to work out for you. Yep. I think there's a loss. I, I'm sorry. I'm one of the people who subscribes to the idea that Jefferson does not come back this year. I really don't think it's going to happen with the Minnesota Vikings and the stature that they're going to be in. I think they'd rest him for the rest of the year and just sit him and pay him, and he comes back next year. T. Higgins has not been great. I do think better days are ahead. But Damian Pierce, we might have seen Damian Pierce become the second running back in Houston yeah. after last week. So I don't know if this is a win here, given well, up look, DJ Moore and Brian Damian Robinson. Pierce, I agree with you, but what Zach Moss is the second running back. You're talking about Brian okay, Robinson. You get rid of garbage there, yeah. Brian Robinson's the guy and DJ Moore, but I look at you have Justin Jefferson, and you, you might not think he comes back. I mean, he didn't he didn't hurt anything severe. He has an ankle sprain or a hamstring. I mean, severe, he can't, no, 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 no. It is a severe hamstring. It is not a non-severe hamstring issue that they're talking about there. Like they're I talking haven't about heard more than four weeks. weeks. Do you heard that's going to be more than four weeks? I heard it's going to be six weeks, and then they're going to test to see where he's at at that okay. point. Dude's well, four and two, that. though. He has to have more on his team than just DJ Moore, Brian Robinson, and Zach Moss. I just I mean, think he had to be able to afford that. What you're going to get at T. Higgins eventually is going to probably match what DJ Moore does. Just saying. I disagree with that completely. I think DJ how? Moore is. What do you mean? How have you not been watching this season? Why? How? What? What world? What are you looking at that you think T. Higgins is going to be matching DJ Moore? Rest of the every season? other season until this past season, <laughs> until Joe Burrow had like two legs to stand on. I know the offense didn't do great last week, but T. Higgins wasn't healthy last week either. You think T. Higgins is going to continue to just be a scrub the rest of the season? No, 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 no. I don't think he's going to be seen. But DJ Moore is somebody I look at as a very high-end wide receiver, too, with low-end wide receiver one consistent numbers, too, by the way, because he's actually the featured weapon in this offense. I definitely look at him as a higher tier than a T. Higgins, who I think is more of a mid-wide receiver, two at best, low-end wide receiver, two most likely. I know I had T. Higgins higher my board going into the season – uh, over DJ Moore, I'm not. I haven't changed that necessarily because of the season. I do think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to get back offensively at some point where T Higgins actually can be featured. Um, I think DJ Moore, we've seen the ceiling. I don't know if it's going to get any higher. I think it's going to continue to get lower as we see the quarterback situation kind of fluctuate and the Chicago offense still just doesn't it, impress me. It, it will depend on how long Justin Fields is out. Th that that part I will give you. But if he's only out this week, which some people are talking about, maybe it's only a week or two, then then I, I disagree. Let's go to another uh, question here. Uh, Super CNB Challengers, a huge trade. What do you all think? I gave up AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Drake London, and Jeff Wilson. He got TJ Hawkinson, Jonathan Taylor, Chris Olave, and Zay Flowers back in PPR. Adam, what do you think of this? Oof. Um, I, I, it's hard to say without knowing your other receivers. Uh, it's hard to say without knowing what the tight end is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's also true. Uh, the Hawkinson uh, upgrade is always nice, but I, I really just never like when uh, I, I'm receiving more players because it generally means that I, I'm spreading out the points over more players rather than having them consolidated in a few. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like the fewer player side personally. Hawkinson's nice. Unless this Colts team starts winning soon, I it may end up being a moss split just to preserve JT for when games matter again. Olave is great. He's probably, you know, along with Hawkinson, the other guy that I would really enjoy. And I, I'm a Zay Flowers fan, but I don't think any guy on that side uh, amounts to an AJ Brown or a CD. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. It just it just depends on how much of an upgrade I think you're getting at the tight end position as far as where does that trade actually land and what do you think about uh, Jonathan Taylor? He just updated mm-hmm. us on the rest of his mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, yeah. so his other receivers are uh, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. He's currently streaming tight ends with Zach Ertz recently. Right. Yeah. In that position, the depth could maybe help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you, DK makes that a little bit easier, I think, to, to go ahead and make that deal. I think it's an even deal from, from that standpoint. I'll put it that way. Uh, getting back to this Rams-Steelers game here, um, look, Pittsburgh backfield, they're RB3s. You hold your nose, you cry yourself to sleep, you don't watch them run, and you know maybe something shakes out of that eventually. Uh, Cooper Cup, we love him. He's a wide receiver too. Puka Nakua, I still got him as a top 12 wide receiver. I got him at wide receiver 11. Now, Deontay Johnson might be back, and hopefully he is. Adam, Deontay Johnson or George Pickett rest of the season? I, I've been a Deontay Johnson fanboy for a long time now, and I don't see it changing anytime yep. soon. Uh, I don't know if I'm rushing him into my lineup the first week after an injury, but the dude has year in and year out been a target hog. I I don't care about the downfield Steelers passing offense. So until I'm outright proven wrong, I'm just going to take the targets. Sixth in the league in targets last season. Yeah. It just, this offense is even worse than it was last year. They're terrible, but sixth in the league in targets. Here's what I'll say. As far as like Deontay or Pickens, even this week, I have Deontay one spot ahead of Pickens. Look, Pickens only had two good games, and he needed 10 targets to get those two good games. In games in which he's had single-digit targets, he hasn't finished better than wide receiver 39. So I'm going to actually put Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 31. I have Pickens actually at wide receiver 32. I still think he's the number one read more times than not, but both of them I think are just wide receiver threes. People may not like this, and maybe this is a hot take, uh, Pickens is Gabe Davis with better PR and a worse quarterback. <laughs> I love. That. I need an "I love you" button because that's perfect. I totally, totally agree with that. He's, one. he's fun to his his highlights are fun to watch. It's oh, just that he's also on the field for another forty five snaps every game, not doing a whole hell of a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who I'm not plugging my lineup definitively his first week back off of injury is Pat Fryermuth. Because until I see this offense have a pulse, a pulse, I can't. He hasn't had more than four targets in a single game this year. So uh, I still can't trust him right now. Let's move to our next matchup. All right, we got the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored at minus seven and a half going into this game. The over-under is at 45. Both teams are about 500 against the spread, about 50-50 against the over-under. It's not a lot, a ton of value here, but what I will say, I lean towards Seattle covering in this game despite that because I think we're starting to see reality set in for the Arizona Cardinals and in particular, Josh Dobbs over the past few weeks. Uh, and we'll get into more of that in, in, in just a second. So I will take Seattle to cover at the minus seven and a half in this one. Gino, I'm not as crazy about him as ECR is. They got my QB seven, but he does crack my top 12. Yeah, I do have my QB 10 this week. It's a nice spot for him to have a bounce back week. I think it's going to be hard for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett not to score, maybe both score, but I think there will actually be touchdowns on the board this time around for Gino, which will probably be enough in and of itself to make him a top 12 quarterback uh, this week. Uh, like I said, Josh Dobbs got on a QB 19. It's been a little bit of a downfall. We'll get to that when we get to the wide receivers. Uh, Kenneth Walker, um, or ECR has an RB1. I have an RB3. 
I have Chris McCaffrey and Eckler ahead of him. If McCaffrey plays, he's the RB1. Uh, like, that doesn't change. And I'm going to rank him as if he's going to play until we find out that he's not because it's a possibility that he's going to. And Chris is like, yeah, fingers crossed. Eckler, <laughs> uh, I, yes, I know it was a rough outing on Monday. It was his first week back. There's no Mike Williams. His target share is about to go through the roof like Alvin Kamara. Eckler's just going to stay my number two. Walker will have a fantastic day. Uh, I'll take him. I'll take him over the 77 and a half uh, rushing prop mark that we have for him heading into this week. And I don't want to touch an Arizona Cardinal running back with a 10 freaking foot pole. Uh, and a little update on Zach Charbonnet was did sit out today. Undisclosed reason why. We'll get more information on that tomorrow. DJ Dallas season. No, God. no, it's not. No, <laughs> sorry. Please spare me. Um, DK Metcalf, I got him over his 60 and a half receiving yards. He's been over that mark three of five games. Arizona Cardinals give up the second most receiving yards to the wide receivers. That's also why I have over on the 54 and a half receiving yard mark for Tyler Lockett this week. You're playing them both in your lineup. Okay, Chris, let's talk a little Marquise Brown. I'm a little lower in ECR. I'm not looking for a debate here because like I'm at 21. They got him at 16. He's still a wide receiver too. I'm still telling you to play him. But... Dobbs, like I said, last three weeks, coming back down to reality, Marquise Brown during those three weeks where Dobbs has started to play more like what we expect out of a Josh Dobbs has been more like wide receiver 20. It is a good matchup against Seattle because they're tied for the most points for fantasy points against the wide receivers. But I don't know. I guess the question here is, would you temper your expectations on a Marquise Brown? What are you seeing out of Josh Dobbs? I wouldn't have my expectations. I mean, you haven't been getting ridiculous production on Marquise Brown, but what you've been getting him treated like as a receiver one and a target share that goes with that. And that hasn't necessarily changed despite Josh Dobbs, you know, statistics not being as good as they have been. Arizona is still going to be a team that we all agree is lacking in talent is going to probably be down in the game. Doesn't have a running game without James Conner right now. So Marquise Brown to me is still the offense a couple of weeks away from getting Kyler Murray back too. So I'm not selling them and I'm probably playing them this week and feeling okay about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to play. I'm, just, I'm tempering actually a little bit because Dobbs is just, he doesn't look like a very good quarterback lately. Uh, A and J Films, trade Mahomes for Brees Hall, Amon Ra, and Justin Fields, Chase? Well, I mean, hey, what else do you got at quarterback or what else are you, what's your plan at quarterback if and if Justin Fields is not back in time? I mean, you're getting a hell of a haul back for that. And Mahomes has not been like the, Lockdown number one quarterback. Yeah, know you drafted him to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so depending on what you've got for the rest of your roster, I mean, this isn't necessarily a loss. If Fields comes, especially if Fields comes back, like say next week, if he doesn't play this week, great. If he comes back though next week and he's fine, you're picking up the Sun God and you're picking up Brees Hall. You've got a potential to grab three top tens at their position for a quarterback who is has been this far a top five at his position, but you drafted him to be top one and top one by far, probably. So, I mean, I'm fine with it provided you can make it work at quarterback. And if, and if Justin Fields misses a few, a few more games, I'm doing it. Cause unless yeah. like the, the quarterback's position it's it's been hit or miss anyway, you're streaming quarterbacks basically anyway to get, you know, top 10 production, grab Sam Howell for what, a week. What's the yeah. record. That That's the one thing. If you're like, rough already then take the it, shot yeah. yeah like i'm done i think i'm doing it regardless Brees hall I, I, you're getting three I'm, 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 yeah i think i'm doing it regardless one top 10 is a player yeah 
Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's get back to this game here. Yeah, guys, they're getting Mikhail Hardman in Kansas City. I mean, come on. Dude, oh, I know he's uh, back. He's back. He that game. Great. So I haven't been able to break that news yet. So, like, yeah, there's a couple of breaking news things that we have to talk about that we haven't got to those games yet for. What does that um, mean for Marquez Valdez? Oh, my God. Like, why? Like, like so many, so many levels. Flip. So many levels on that trade. Uh, Zach Ertz, I still have him as a tight end 13, which does put me ahead of him at ECR. They do him a tight end 18. Now, I know it's a bad matchup, and I know Trey McBride played more last week. My whole reasoning why I still have Zach Ertz as a streamable tight end is because the trade deadline is only like two weeks away. You cannot sit there and tell me that they're not going to try to put Zach Ertz on display to trade him because if they don't, then you have wasted the last six weeks of not playing Trey McBride ahead of Zach Ertz to begin with. So either you're the stupidest franchise alive, or I shouldn't say that. We've seen some really dumb trades this past week. We're going to get to that. You're one of the stupidest franchises alive, or you're going to go back to putting Zach Ertz on display before you trade him before the trade deadline. So that's my whole reasoning why I think Zach Ertz is still streamable this week. I think the target share does go back uh, up. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you disagree with that? He plays tight end. He's seen five targets in a game before. Let it roll. <laughs> he can but one thing is that we are talking about the Cardinals here. So when you talk about worst franchises, let's at least keep that in, in the back of our minds. I don't disagree with the point, though. That's, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Let's go to our next match. <laughs> We got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Denver Broncos. And in this one, the Packers are a minus one favorite on the road. 44 and a half over under. Denver has been 0 5 against the spread, but I'm not really liking what I'm seeing out of the Packers either. You know what I do like in this game? The under shocker. 44 and a half. Here. That's what I do like in this game. Tell us. Uh, <laughs> So Jordan, uh, of course, I'll give this a change. Jordan Love, I ha- I do have him as top 12 quarterback. I have him at 11. I'm a couple oh, spots lower than ECR. They got him as top 10. He just looks like such a bad NFL quarterback. I Even against Denver, I can't put him in my top 10. I'm still going to wind up having him as a low-end QB1, though. But, uh, yeah, Chase, uh, what, what do you think? What do you think? This you know, is what I mean. What the flip is going on with football <laughs> this, this year? I'm a Wisconsin fan. I remember when it was fun to root for Russell Wilson. Now everyone in the world hates him. And yeah, like I'm I, I'm used to watching Hall of Fame quarterback play for 30 plus years in Green Bay. Now I've got Jordan Love kind of doing whatever he's been doing for the past two months. And I you know look forward all week. I'm like, oh yeah, I got a Packer game this week. I got a Packer game this weekend. And then not only do I have to watch the freaking actual game, but it's against the goddamn Broncos. And it's just, God, this I'm not looking forward to any bit of this at all fantasy wise regular football ass fan wise just nothing but no i yeah i've got jordan love at nine and i try not to be a homer with that but but it is denver and they do suck um speaking of get right defenses they they probably are you know a little bit on this side of the of the colts and and the cardinals in terms of get right defenses so if it's going to happen, it has to freaking happen this weekend. I don't care that it's in Denver and not at, at Lambeau. If it's going to happen, it's got to happen this weekend. Worst team against running backs. So Aaron Jones, just freaking play already. Get out there. Spare us watching A.J. <laughs> Dillon for another 29 snaps or whatever the frick he does. Just, just go play the game. 
win the game like you ostensibly should, score us all some freaking fantasy points. Don't play your Broncos. I've got Russell Wilson at 13. He's borderline playable, but that's by just default because there's only 15 freaking quarterbacks going to play this weekend. I'm not excited about this game at all, even as a Packer fan. But yeah, I mean, if, if it's going to happen for Green Bay's offense in any way, shape, or form at literally any position, it has to happen this weekend against Denver. Um, as far as Denver goes, yeah, if Javante Williams is going to actually be a player, it needs to happen this weekend. Uh, I, I have already said, I, I've come out in the past and I've said, if you want to sell off anybody you have in New England, go ahead. If you want to sell off anybody you have in Denver, go ahead. If you want to sell off literally anybody you have in Arizona, pretty much go ahead. But if it's going to happen for Javante Williams, it has to be this week. Um, don't worry about Jerry Judy. Don't worry about Cortland Sutton. I mean, Cortland Sutton might be the, the one keepable piece, but not necessarily playable happy piece. Uh, they're probably trying to move Judy on just what a, dumpster fire of a game and it hasn't even started yet that's <laughs> the backers just in turmoil just right now life. <laughs> just, it just hates everybody i started the freaking show with an old-fashioned i was like i just i knew we were going to get to this point we we're going to have to talk about this game i knew you're going to throw it to me <laughs> well it was a good full synopsis there by you i, I will say javon the javon's eight point he was efficient in his game back yeah. last week that's the good news yep. on him i do have him as an rb2 and I, p ryan has is on the way down and yeah, yeah. i have jaleel mclaughlin as a, packers are a good running back week. packers are good running back matchup yeah exactly and have been forever <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, the wide receivers, Christian Watson, Boomer Bus, wide receiver three. Let me get Chris yeah. on this one, though, because Romeo Dobbs is somebody that we need to talk about. At least I need to talk about because I got him 11 spots ahead of ECR. ECR's got him at wide receiver 38. I got him at wide receiver 27. So first of all, ECR is still just determined to say Romeo Dobbs is a whole tiered echelon down below Christian Watson, which still doesn't make any sense in my mind. And I still have Romeo Dobbs ranked ahead of Watson heading into this week. Now, I know the week before the bye, I think he had, well, he had one catch for four yards. I know that's a bad taste in everybody's mouth, but this is Denver. He's only got a 41 and a half receiving yard mark, by the way. I do have the over for him on that. Dobbs has a 23% target share. That leads the entire team. And that even includes the rough outing before the bye. He's been the dependable guy that Jordan Love has gone to the most. He's not going to get the Patrick Sertan treatment. That's most likely going to go to Christian Watson this week. I don't know why that's not being taken into consideration more often when ranking him. So, Chris, what do you make of this situation? Am I off or is ECR off? This is tough. In, in logic, Dan, I think ECR is off. You know, Dobbs should be the guy who's evolved because you're seeing, you know, Sertan being following around Watson. Um, where I'll kind of defending ECR in a sense is that we do see that Watson, particularly last week when he was playing, played a lot more, especially in the early downs. Um, they were doing a lot more, you know, I, I complained about on last week's show, two and three tight end sets. They went to kind of the power, you know, formations consistently throughout the game and played Watson as that receiver. Um, which kind of suffered for Dobbs until that fourth quarter where, you know, as we know, off the air, I was holding on for that one catch for four yards. Oh, man, it was classic. <laughs> Chris was like, I need three yards. I need three <laughs> yards to win my matchup. So I'm probably going to be a little bit more cautious about Ray Dobbs in that sense. It's a great matchup on paper. My caution, though, is we hadn't seen Musgrave being involved. We haven't seen his offense kind of be at full-fledged with Aaron Jones, mm -hmm. with Watson, with mm -hmm. Dobbs. So I am kind of curious to see how the, you know they feed the mouths. 
finally, I will say, you know, I'm not excited about this game either. But Dan, this is a great game for you know our guests that we usually have on Thursdays, second half Chaz, where when you look at these two teams, all Denver can do if they're going to score, it's going to be early. And if Green Bay is going to score, it's not going to be early. It's going to be late. So this is a game to kind of pay attention to the halves. Yeah, well, I, I totally agree with that 100%. Uh, Sutton, Jerry, Judy, unexciting wide receiver threes. You're hoping Sutton scores. You're hoping Judy gets more targets. Uh, Luke Musgrave, I do have him outside my tight end one. Easter's got him at 11. I got him at 14, but he's in that low end tight end one, high end tight end two territory. Um, I just want to see with Christian Watson playing more, maybe Romeo Dobbs getting mixed in, Jaden Reed getting mixed in. What's this target share all going to wind up being? Is We're steaming football against the, against the tight end, so... It is. Again, if it's going to happen at any position for the Packers, at every position, it has to freaking happen this week. We have to have our showdowns turn into like Jerry Judy's and um, <laughs> Smith's showdown that we had the past week as well. <laughs> Look at this game pissed Adam three. off so bad he freaking three cheese. Adam's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Adam. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't three, blame Adam it. Said. <laughs> All right, let's go to our next match. <laughs> Okay, so we got the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs up minus five and a half heading into this game. An over-under of 48 and a half. A respectable over-under. How about that? Uh, I don't have a ton of value in this one. Chargers 1-3-1 one, one against the spread. Chiefs 3-2-1, and one, but the Chiefs are not really particularly sharp, especially against the Chargers, and covering their spread. So I'm probably staying away from this game as far as that goes i did want to mention patrick holmes a little bit and it's kind of fun we had the trade earlier and i would you know definitely do that trade um ecr still ranking him as a top two quarterback not really sure why he hasn't finished higher than fourth at all at any point this season uh he's quarterback five on a points per game basis i know the char- chargers of course are tied for allowing the most points to the quarterback position but uh because he doesn't have a go-to option outside of travis kelsey mahomes is not putting up 300 yard three touchdown performances Dan, can i ask you a question sure who who's number one and what's the difference between his number one and number four patrick mahomes's numbers say that again well, Patrick Mahomes, you said, I think you said he's fourth right now in total. It's fifth. 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 Who's number one and what are they averaging per game? Uh, it's Hurts. I know it's Jalen Hurts off the top of my head. Give me one. Give me, give me one second. Here, let me take a look. No, no, it's, I'm sorry. It's actually it's Josh Allen who's got 23 and Hurts at 22.7. So they're, they're, ne- they're next for next points game. per game. Yeah. So it's 22, yeah. 23, 22. And what's Mahomes at? 19.4. Yes. Okay. Between those guys, what'd you say? There is a bit of a gap between those guys. Field goal and a half. Yep, that's significant on a Portland points per game basis. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you've had two dozen Josh Allen though too to kind of consider with that. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, so that's that's where I, I do have him at six. They have him at two. Uh, we want to get to some questions here. Uh, one second though, Justin Herbert, two sixty-seven and a half passing yards. I do have the over slightly uh, on on that one. I do think Austin Eckler is back on track. I got him an RB two, and I think Pacheco continues his very good low end RB one, high end RB two ways. I got him a ten heading into this week. The one of the bright spots this year has been Keenan Allen. That's been one of the big bright spots so far this year. Thank God. Top five wide receiver. We got something to look at there. Adam, help me out with Rasheed Rice. 
I'm not ready to push him inside my 40. I have him at 40 exactly. It's it's getting better. But as I kind of mentioned earlier in the show, 50% like 50% routes, but it did go back down the last time he hit 50% routes. He should be the best guy, but he's still not playing enough. Uh, or what do you make of Rasheed Rice right now in his fantasy value? I'm doing everything I can, and the injuries and buys are making it difficult, but I'm doing everything I can to not play Rasheed Rice. But I'm really excited to have him on my roster um, for the eventuality, which I do think is a when, not an if, that he takes over this receiving room. Uh, this is already impressive for a rookie wide receiver in the Chiefs offense. That's you know, what he's done so far isn't really normally what happens with, with rookies under Andy Reid. Um, and I, to me, like, Nicole Hardman, I know we're joking about it. Nicole Hardman changes nothing. Uh, Rasheed Rice is leaps and bounds to me more talented than the other receivers in this this room uh, outside of the, like, three games that Kadarius Tony will play, like, uh, a gadget or, like, a cool player, and then he's going to suck the rest of the year. But, like, Rasheed Rice is – consistently the best receive wide receiver in this room. Yeah. And he should be playing more. Uh, Chris uh, Cowboys or 49ers defense rest of the season. It's a tough one. I probably want to lean towards the 49ers defense. They play a lot, a lot of division games, like division matchups a lot easier for the 49ers defense. I know the Cowboys defense look better, but I still think that they're going to miss the linebackers are going to miss digs unless they make a move you know, before the trade deadline. I think that defense is going to start showing more and more cracks as the season progresses. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, but Boba does want to ask you a question. Why do you have the simple <laughs> jack here? <laughs> it does look like it from where your head's at in the screen. <laughs> Just I don't know what simple jack is. Sorry. From uh, from um, oh god, I'm Tropic Thunder, the 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 fake movie Ben Stiller plays. <laughs> you have full retard. You weren't supposed to go full yeah. retard. <laughs> Was Where not, Robert Downey Jr. played a black dude, played an actor yeah. playing a black dude. <laughs> it was like Ben Stiller. He tried to do his forged confidence and didn't work out very well. Um, yeah, so it, that was that was funny. Uh, Reese commented in here, I need to drop one of these wide receivers to make room for a quarterback. He, he uh, I'm sorry, uh, Higgins, Cooper, Garrett Wilson, Collins. Who would I make? Who would you drop out of? Oh, I wouldn't drop any. You, yeah, I mean, really? Yeah. There's nobody else on your roster that you yeah. can drop for a. I guess Nico Collins would be my pick. I wouldn't want to. What do you guys make, think? Make a trade before Sunday, quick. Yeah, that's what I would do. Exactly. Like, that's, that's not even a joke. Yeah. Like, if you literally, like, who the hell are your running backs that you don't have one scrub ass running back you can drop? <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I'm you, saying, like, like, for real. If you're in the situation that you have to drop one of these guys, you've drafted well. Um, right. Yes, yeah. so you should try to you should try to trade out um, or see if there's any kind of freaky things you can figure out with the IR. Sometimes you can get a guy in as soon as they're officially declared out. Uh, you know, with the different rules depending on the leagues. But see if there's some way you can find us. Yeah. Don't be trying to pull one of those like cutesy like, oh yeah, I got the Cowboys defense. I'm trying to hold on to them. So like kind of things either like. Yeah, you know, you don't want to have to drop any of those guys if you can. No, 100%. And one more question, because uh, we're playing Travis Kelsey, number one tight end. So one more question before we get to the Sunday night matchup. Jace, 12-team, full-point PPR, two running back, two receiver, trade Kamara and Stroud for Josh Jacobs. What do you think, Chris? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably offer that trade. I think Josh Jacobs has more upside 
Full point PPR makes me a little cautious. I don't much involved in the passing attack. Jacobs continue to see with Kamara is definitely going to see it. I do like Stroud. This is you know some of the having a safe options of quarterbacks nice to have as well. I don't know what the other quarterback situation is, so I probably pull the trigger for Jacobs, but I wouldn't necessarily eager to do that depending on the quarterback situation was. Jacobs is still going to get the running back targets there. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to swivel to Amir Abdullah either. So I mean, yeah, I I, I like Jacobs best out of that whole deal. So. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And you get the CJ Strauss little icing on the top. All right, let's go to our next match. This is the only game I am really actually looking forward to. And like I said, Chase and I will be doing the show at halftime. Make sure you tune in at 1030 on Sunday night when we do our Heroes and Zeros recap show. But it is the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles here. Eagles at home favored minus two. The over under is 52. We have one game. One game in the 52 range. Miami's been 5-1 and one against the spread and 4-2 and two on the over. And I don't know if just because I'm tired of taking unders, but I'm going to hold my breath and say we finally get one game on the over. I'm going to cash in. Wishful on- thinking, but let's do it. <laughs> There's one game that has a chance. It's this one, okay? <laughs> uh, the injury report right now, though, we do have to keep an eye on Devonta Smith. Listen with a hamstring issue, did not practice today Dallas got it listed with a groin but he did get a limited participant in practice so it makes me think he's going to be okay and good to go Jalen Hurts is my number one quarterback this week because the tush push is real and he keeps falling into the end zone for rushing touchdowns despite not playing great particular quarterback and so it's a vote the top five quarterback for me because well he's the only one getting points done and guess what you can throw the Eagles this year it's kind of fun to watch uh, Raheem Moser, DeAndre Swift, RB1s. Don't think there's any arguments there. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver one overall. A.J. Brown, top five receiver. Jalen Waddle, top 10 receiver. We got to see what's going on with Devonta Smith. Dallas Goddard, top six tight end for me. It's the game I'm looking forward to the most. I have no headlines. Because <laughs> like, everything is straightforward. Everybody, yeah, it's the two of the top offenses in the entire game, and everybody has performed thusly, and... Yeah, I'll throw I'll throw one at you, Dan. Sure. Is it possible if Jeff Wilson Jr. comes off of the IR this week that he's somebody that I could play with the running back situation? We talked about the buys and all the different guys were scrambling. Tavius Murray earlier. Is he a possibility that play Wilson as a flex option or as a running back with your dire straight? situation i can tell you that i i have him ranked as if he will play and he comes into my rb40 so i would still not play him yep. this week um so th- that's probably where i'm at on that uh adam let's help out help out adam here musgrave or michael meyer this week right, and rest of season full point ppr i'm meyer rest of season for sure um this week specifically i want to I, I would love to to sit pat and uh, just kind of ensure that that Meyer, um, you know, does fully have this job that the snaps stay again this this season because it's been like 50, 50, 50 to like 60, 40 for most of the season and suddenly jumps to like 85. Uh, so I would want to make sure a week that that stays the same. But as long as it does, then at my rest of season. Um, but yeah, maybe Musgrave this week. And then after that, if Meyer gets 85% of the snaps, I'm running him rest of the year. Sorry about that. Some, some ding dong must have set my hotel alarm clock at <laughs> 1140 and I came. I thought your heart monitor was going off. Because yeah, it's the only other side of the room. Time for your meds, Dan. Time for your meds. 
hopefully that takes off there. Um, we got another question. Come Reese checking him back in. Nobody wants to trade, and their bench is Madison, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Nico Collins, Kyle Pitts, and now Fields, but they can't put Fields on the IR. So that's the problem. Well, well, hold on. Just to throw it out there, if you're on ESPN, for instance, he's still doubtful. And ESPN, by default, you can on out put him on IR yeah. whether your whether your league is set differently is a different question i would right. look into your league yeah certain yeah certain certain platforms yeah on espn and normally the default on espn is out is irable yeah certain platforms if a guy's out he doesn't have to be ir ir to be put on ir if he's out for whatever reason he can be put on yeah so pay attention to that and, and you drop pence i think in this yep case. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You drop pits because hey, here's what I do know. You guys, great point. Know what platform you're on, what the rules are. Because I know if you're on Sleeper, if your player's not listed as IR, you can't put them on yeah. IR, even if they're out. So it all, that's all going to kind of depend. Uh, last question here before we move to our last Monday night game. I throw this alarm clock out the window. Uh, Chris here said, made a trade earlier today, received Jared Goff and Michael Pittman for Kamara. A lot of Kamara trades right now. Kind of surprised by that for Kamara and got Fields, Love, Diggs, Amonra. Oh, he has on the team Amonra, Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Zay Flowers. Does that look like a nice move to you, Chris? What do you think? So he got golf, he traded golf, he got golf and Pittman for Kamara, and he still has Fields, Love, Diggs, Amonra. Um. I mean, I think it's a decent trade. I think that, you know, I like Pittman, but I think Kamara is a little bit steep to give up. I know Dan talked about golf being one of the top quarterbacks this off, you know, this off season, or this rest of the season. Um, but I think you had some other options there. I'm not necessarily thrilled with that move, but I think it's kind of a move that, you know, doesn't really hurt you either. Is it super flex? Because now you've got three startable-ish like yeah, quarterbacks. quarterbacks. I agree. Yeah. Like, if, if it's super flex and fun, yeah, definitely would be. Oh, yeah, you did yourself it's well. If it's with not field injury, flex, yeah. I'm with Chris. I don't know if I would have done that deal. I think I would have kept Kamara yeah. there because well, I, I like him more. But and now that you have, I would definitely do something with uh with love. Whether that's someone's desperate, you can trade him, or you're just opening up that roster spot. Um And Dan, I know you asked about Kamara. Why there's a lot of Kamara moves. I don't fully well, get it. But he's very popular on Twitter as a sell high candidate right now. Jamal Williams is coming back off the Jamal IR. Jamal Williams, right people are panicking. Yep. What's Jamal Williams going to do in Watch this offense? <laughs> You're suddenly like, I'm off of Alva Kamara. Like, Watch what is football. he really going to take away? Kamara's not scoring touchdowns. So you were like, oh, Jamal Williams is going to take the goal line work. He's not scoring anyway. That's not where his value is coming from. It's coming from the passing attack. That doesn't change here. Derek Carr's not going to stop checking the ball down. So, yeah, I, uh, Adam, thanks for bringing it up because that's, you know, again, just a reminder how stupid Twitter is. Okay, let's go to our next <laughs> match. All right, we got the uh, San Francisco 49ers going to Minnesota in our Monday night matchup. The 49ers are favored on the road at minus six and a half with an over under of 44. Uh, this is Christian Kirk. I'm sorry, this is not Christian. This is Kirk Cousins, excuse me, <laughs> on Monday Night Football with no Justin Jefferson against a San Francisco team coming off a bad loss looking for revenge. Yeah, I'm taking San Fran to cover in this game at minus six and a half. I like those odds there. Uh, I actually, you know what? 
I'm going to take the over at 44. I think hey. the Niners almost get back to scoring 30 points Hold in this game against Minnesota on top of it. <laughs> Go ahead. We got Who's two overs. Saying? Hold on. You guys, you guys hear that? Somebody's pizza rolls are done. We'll check them. <laughs> yeah, this thing's about to drive me nuts. All right, here, here's what we're going to So Brock Purdy, I do have him as a top eight quarterback this week. I think he bounces back. Obviously, this is not the Cleveland Browns defense. This is a team that's allowed the 10th most fantasy points to the quarterbacks. He, before last week, was a top 10 quarterback. He's now 13th after that horrible finish. Expected to have most, if not all, of his weapons heading into this game. So I think you can play Brock Purdy. Uh, Kirk Cousins, no way am I playing him. I mean, I, I know we're desperate. I know there's six teams on by, but I, everything I laid out to why I have the 49ers covering this game, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play him this week. I don't. I'm, what do you guys think about uh, uh, Adam? Help me out. What do you think about Kirk Cousins' rest of season now? Uh, well, Justin Jefferson after what we saw against the Chicago Bears last week. I I think. Kirk has done uh, enough throughout his career on non-primetime games that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he'll be a fine low-end starter, great super flex guy uh, when you're playing a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I'm not excited to play him on a Monday night game, and you know if I can avoid it, I will. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to get egregious with it. Like if he's the best I got, I'm playing him. But um, yeah, I, I think rest of the season he's going to be what you you know it would have expected out of him regardless maybe sure he takes a hit losing jefferson but i don't think it's the end of the world i think he's more i think he's more matchup dependent without yeah, jefferson sure. yeah well it's not they're gonna run the ball though right adam right yeah they're gonna get three and a half <laughs> well, we don't know Cam Akers. <laughs> the Cam Akers season. oh yeah it wasn't last week it was all alexander madison which is why he continues to be an rb 24 thought it was gonna be after what we saw yeah, agreed. It's always going to be, but uh, nope. They went right back to the well on Madison that last week. We'll see what happens here. Uh, we love McCaffrey, obviously. Let's let's talk about it from this standpoint, Chris. What if McCaffrey's out? And we're looking down the barrel. Is it Elijah Mitchell or is it Jordan Mason, in your opinion? I would lead towards Jordan Mason for this week. I think long-term still Elijah Mitchell. is still a guy who's probably more talented. But with the injuries and probably the, the idea of what Elijah Mitchell hasn't Tommy's missed most of the season so far. Um, I think you're going to see Mason probably get the opportunity, especially for a team that blitzes a lot like the Vikings. So I think Mason probably the guy that's, you know, but surprising people, I think he'd be the guy who steps up over Elijah Mitchell. But I think those will both get involved. I don't think it's going to be like one guy is going to be, you know, the bell cow in a sense. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be a mix. I do have Mitchell slightly ranked ahead. I just, because of the history that he has of being that guy in that situation. But we do got to see what his knee issue is at, because I think that's a big reason why he didn't play ahead of Jordan Mason last week. We still haven't seen him practice in a full capacity yet. And we know he's a breath away from picking up another knee injury. He might not even make it out of the practice week without re-aggravating knee injury. So that is the issue with Mitchell. I think Jordan Mason you know, over a long term probably has more value because of that issue. But for this week, I do lean a little bit more towards it being Elijah Mitchell, just given the history that he has with them. Hopefully, though, we see Christian McCaffrey and all this winds up being a moot point. Go ahead, Chase. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm in a league where I need running back because, yeah, I lost Chubb. I lost Dobbins. I was able to pick up Mitchell for a $2 bid this week. Somebody else spent 22 on Jordan Mason. And I'm like, dumb. I don't. I don't know that I would have spent a, yeah, a quarter of my freaking budget on, on Jordan Mason, regardless of how much I don't think 
CMC misses that much time that it that no. it warrants that much. I was thrilled to get Mitchell for for a two dollar bid because I, I yeah, like you said, I have him slightly. I mean, like literally slightly thirty five to thirty seven ahead of Mason for this week. But I do think that yeah, long term, why wouldn't they? A why wouldn't they give Mason the look? B Mitchell, yeah. He's he's always a sneeze away from blowing out an ACL or a shoulder capsule or a neck injury or a whatever else. So, but yeah, I I was like, I'll spend the two dollars and and take Mitchell and feel okay about that and know that I didn't have to spend a quarter of my fab budget on Jordan Mason for for one week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if Debo does play, I have him as a wide receiver too. Brandon Yuke actually cracks my top ten this week. Yep. Jordan Addison, I had to bring him down a little bit, Adam. I mean, I was really bullish on him, and yet they target him just as much as KJ Osborne. They didn't put him in the role that I thought they were going to put him in. It was all it was all very frustrating watching them against Chicago. He does get the touchdown to save the day, but still only a 17% target share in that spot. I know they didn't wind up having to do too much, and that's part of it there, but I don't like the role overall that he was playing. So is Jordan Addison more than a wide receiver three in your eyes in this match against San Francisco or no? In this particular matchup, no. Uh, I'm not super bullish on the Vikings here. Uh, I, I do think that he has a pathway to being a little bit more throughout the season, but this week I'm not you know, trying to play him. I'm not going out of my way to. Yeah, I mean, you don't play him as a wide receiver three, I think, but I'm not it was too a conspiracy, excited. Dan, last week. Just no, I think I think the Vikings were trying to lose that game to Chicago. Brandon Powell. <laughs> I mean, it's what it looked like to me. Well, all the guys that they were involved in, the way they played, it was like we want you to, you know, waive your trade clause, Kirk Cousins. If you lose to Chicago and Tyler Badgett, they can't help but believe. Yeah, and he was like, you know, still running. You you have to throw the ball to Brandon Powell, Kirk. (laughs) Do it. Oh, clap nuts. I love that. Uh, Should I trade George Pickens for Najee Harris? Now, Harris hasn't been incredible, but I think you turn around at the bye week. Oh, you do. You're that you'd be the only one. Chris, would you would you trade George Pickens for Najee Harris? I would just because as we talked about, you know, what has Pickens really been for you for while he had the whole receiving core pretty much to himself out for our move without Deontay Johnson. Najee hasn't been good, but he's a running back right now. And we're talking about different running backs we're willing to put out there in the backfield. Najee Harris, as long as he gets some kind of touches, is probably going to be a guy worth having on your roster right now. They're going to continue to hand him the ball, whether they throw it to him or not. It's a different story, but they're always they're always always going to hand the ball to Najee Harris. So yeah, but Royce Freeman on the show, guys. So so Jordan Mason, Royce Freeman, we're 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 digging. So no, I'm not excited about it either, Dan. I'm just but they are going to continue to hand him the ball. Look, the trade's fair in the fact that it's a wide receiver three for an RB three. So like the trade's fair, but you know, running back more in a wide receiver. Fine, but I think after last week before before the buy for Pittsburgh, I think we might have seen Jalen Warren actually take the leap, and I think that's a possibility too. Here, when you're talking about Najee Harris, so when I say handing the ball, how much? I'm not writing off that Warren doesn't take over his backfield at some point. Uh, Justin Walker here, 12 team, Allen, Bijan, Hall, Waddle, Shave, uh, Schultz, Nico, London, Ferguson, White. Johnson, I have all picks. This is a dynasty question. I have all picks for 2024, 2025, 2026. What moves will you make? He's four and two, competing for a championship loaded roster. Adam, what moves would you make here? Would you make any moves? Um, maybe try to get a better tight end. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. You're going for acting out of desperation, but definitely, you know, tight end would be a, a, an area to target. 
Yeah, I think that's the only move I'd make here because especially for a dynasty league, this is a pretty, pretty good team. Very, a very good team. I shouldn't even say pretty good team. This is a very good team. You should be competing for a championship. Last question here coming in. Sean Dankster, Amari Cooper, and Pierce for Puka Nakua. My wide receiver one and two is Waddle and Devonta. And RB one and two is CMC and Tony Pollard. Half point, 12-man PPR. He is four and two. Chris, would you make this deal? Amari Cooper and Pierce for Puka. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I think Puka's got a decent value, especially in a full-paint PPR. Mark Cooper, we talked about what he can do with, with P.J. Walker. Is he still going to be a guy who can be week in, week involved? Pierce is splitting carries in the backfield right now in Houston, so I'm not loving that. Um, so I, I think there's a chance maybe to make a slight upgrade, but I don't think you're making a parallel move. And I, I think agree. with the rest of your yeah. roster, I might hold on to the back just because, like I said before, having a running back is just worth having one right now. Having Puka, Waddle, and Devontae Smith – Am I wrong that they are all week 10 buys? Uh, I think that could be the case. I, I, I mean, I'm just saying you're, you're a week, or, or week 10 buy. I can't yeah. remember if the Eagles Dolphins won. are. And I, and I'm pretty sure the, the Rams are, and I, I and, uh, and the, the Eagles are too, because I think the Eagles and the chiefs are both week 10 by, I mean, just, you may be literally without a, a ride receiver week 10 and that's one week, but you're almost punting that week. Just, Keep that in mind, sir. Yeah, keep if that you, in mind. If you give up Cooper or Cooper for Puka, real quick, and I don't want to backtrack, but I, I think it's worth bringing up for uh, Justin on that dynasty league. Uh, Keenan Allen is a buy that I absolutely love right now. Uh, if you're contending and you have your picks, like if you don't have to give up a player for him, yeah. say the Keenan Allen owner, um, you know, does isn't playing well, that's someone that would be sick. Yeah, that, that nice move. Nice move. I like that. Uh, obviously, we're playing Hawkinson and Kittle. So that wraps up the Operation Domination episode for week seven. I know it was less games, but there was a lot we had to talk about because people are really got to hammer through some of these fantasy agonies decisions that they got to make this week. So thank you guys for all tuning in. Loved all the questions as we always do. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Before we head out of here, I do want to make a quick mention. We are doing contests starting this week with a new sponsor, Wolf Spreads app. Uh, basically what they do, first of all, is free to sign up on the app. And whether you have Apple or Android, it does not matter. It's available to you on the Apple Store and on the Google Store. It's a free sign up. You get $2,000 of fake money. You can place bets. Whoever optimizes their profit betting the most will win a $25 Amazon gift card. And this contest is going to go on every single week. Our direct link is on our social media feed at Show on X. It's also right here in the comments. It's also in the description of our shows, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, or uh, podcasts. So make sure you guys join in. Again, $25, whoever's able to maximize their bets the most. And you will be playing against us. So you get some bragging rights too, if you can actually beat us. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. Download on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back tomorrow at 9.30 with Brian Scott, the Injured List Podcast. And of course, we'll have Chris and Chaz on the second half of the show to talk about some of our best bets of the weekend. Everybody take care. We'll see you soon. 